talking about? Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce to you the new commissioner of the World Wrestling Federation. I wasn't. Mick Genetic jackhammer. Yeah? What's wrong with that? Well, the power he used to have goes to me. And that means I get to make the matches. Uh -oh. I get to make the decisions. What? And I get to make damn sure that nobody ever has to listen to a boring 20-minute uh, uh, Triple H uh, promo again. Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast, episode number 28, and it's fully loaded, 2000, coming to us from Dallas, Texas. Hello everyone, once again, I'm Kevin Mann, joined as I am always in this review of the Attitude Era by my cohorts, comrades and colleagues. First of all, Adam Bibolo. Hello, Adam. Hello. Are you excited for a dice pay-per-view? I'm excited to take a roll of the dice and uh, find out what's going to happen. I've got nothing. Sorry, it's a I sure think. bet this pay-per-view will go. be fun too. Yeah. It's a bit of a gamble watching uh, Adam do a pay-per-view, but let me tell you. You don't want to play cards with Adam because he'll cheat. I'm going to lose all my money. It's you who hustles us at poker. Oh, that's true. Actually, yeah, that is a fun, fun fact. I have hustled the absolute living bejesus out of uh, Adam Bibolo. I hustled you so hard, you don't even like that game anymore. And so, <laughs> the funny thing was, well, I, I, weeks ago and had a I, great time, I you weren't there. I don't, I don't give a shit about poker, but I, I played poker. I made it so that you didn't give a shit about poker. Pretending <laughs> to be drunk. He got really crafty. drunk. He was an asshole. He ate all of my flatmates' food. It was really, really nasty. <laughs> and then I lost at cards. <laughs> Acolytes would play cards with me. Akai's will play cards with no, you. Yeah, when you're a rude man, you yeah. eat all their peanuts and then they decide they, to fuck off. They'd enjoy it. They'd think that I was. I'd be the third Akulite. The say. rude Akulite. The, the fourth one. Me, Akulite Bradshaw, Akulite Farouk, and Akulite Jacqueline. Akulite Dickhead. And right? winning a card. I was going to say, Akulite Farouk. For rude. And forcing. Forcing Crash Holly to go to Shaft. That's what I'd be doing. <laughs> and to my right, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet. 
Billy Keeble. Hello. Hi, Billy. Hello. You're looking forward to talking about a cards pay-per-view. Yeah, I was looking. I'm looking forward to talking about Blow My Load 2000. Way. It gave it a more attitude era name. Fully loaded 2000. Yeah, it's kind of. I was hoping that this pay-per-view would be crap because of the crafts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, up, this is actually turns out to be one of the most fucking fantastic shows we're going to look at. It's fantastic. It's fully loaded. It's the first pay-per-view of the Commissioner Foley era. Compulsive behavior, addiction, and obsession. With one roll of the dice, they can be on top of the world. Adrenaline surges through their veins. A euphoric rush. Everything is on the line. Every time they take a chance, they gamble with nerves of steel and a cold heart. Unsure of the outcome, they must go for broke. They must let it ride. Exposing themselves to hazards, to risks. The aftermath is unpredictable. In this game, you only get one opportunity. Their fortunes will be made and possibly lost with one roll of the dice. Tonight, those dice are fully loaded. Tonight, these men will risk it all. Bit of a content warning, maybe, if you've maybe got a problem bit. with gambling. A little bit, yeah. Like, seriously, you shouldn't sit down and watch this pay-per-view, because it's just like, just one more bet wouldn't hurt. A <sighs> roll of the dice. I wouldn't lie to a nice gambler like you, would I? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it really, it at the same time made me really want to gamble and made me really scared of gambling. Gambling's the sweetest thing there is. Oh my god, this thing was like, I kind of almost lost the storyline here because it's just kind of like, you know, the feel of the cards, <laughs> the thrill of the, of the chase. It, it, it's, it's a very, very loose sort of package and trying to describe all of these storylines going into it it's just seems like we've grabbed a motif and just sort of said that this has it, nothing yeah. to do with this so what we're we supposed to get from this if you gamble you'd be putting a crossface or something <laughs> this is basically jake roberts verbatim what he thinks he said at heroes for wrestling <laughs> <laughs> this is like what he thought was coming out of his mouth yeah they're like yeah the stakes have never been higher and there are dice involved and tonight those dice are fully loaded yeah. which really shows how tentative the gambling connection is here yeah i mean last year at fully loaded we had a big train i was happy with that motif mm. you can have loaded dice but what does fully loaded dice mean what's you can't even roll is that, is, that, is that the dice man's gonna turn up as like a special ring announcer oh <laughs> georgie porgy pudding and pie come and lube oh <laughs> something like that I, f fully loaded does that mean if you throw the dice you'll break the table like? well, does that mean they're loaded dice they're loaded dice, so they're like, it's... it's, it's yeah, it's loaded, a loaded dice. is a, is a yeah, trick. Yeah, yeah, what's fully loaded dice have bullets, Billy. Every... You roll them and they shoot you. Every single one has got a six on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the king of hearts. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a triple main event here tonight. Things have changed, obviously, quite a bit. No more McMahon-Helmsy regime. As we pointed out at King of the Ring, Mick Foley now in charge and led to a much, much different landscape. Three main events tonight. First of all, we've Triple H facing off against Chris Jericho. Then we have Kurt Angle taking on The Undertaker as the American hero battles the American badass. Yeah. Nice wordplay. And then our main event, a truly perplexing one as well, and just showing the kind of, it is different now, yeah. new era. Yeah. The Rock is taking on Chris Benoit. Especially Whoa. where Benoit was on the card last pay-per-view. He, he lost in the, in the opening match. But yeah. he was, I mean, I suppose we've been saying for a few months now, Benoit 
always was left standing at the end of the night. Yeah. He was yeah. always, you know, kicking ass and taking names. And yeah, Benoit is in the main event for the WF Championship here tonight. Mick Foley is commissioner. I mean, me growing up, this was one of just, oh, God. I, sat, I was so sad that Foley wasn't wrestling anymore. But I was so, I forgot about them easily because we just had non-stop comedy gold with Mick Foley. This might be controversial, but this is my favourite Mick Foley. As much as I love him in the ring and all that, I think he really flourishes his completely like, it just seems like Mick Foley's getting a chance to really, like, you know, just use his funny bone here, which he always loves doing, and yeah. you know, his charm and his charisma. Yeah, while he is amazing in the ring, don't get me wrong about that at all, this is when I was really in my prime of wrestling fandom, and Mick is seriously firing on all cylinders as a commissioner. Yeah, and yeah, it's quite, con you could say controversial, but I mean, I think you're right in the sense of how many times was there like, you know, you do get the odd disappointing Mick Foley matches. Yeah. We, we got them after this, ironically. But I mean, you know, he had injuries, he had stuff that a lot of times could hold him back from having you know, an amazing match every single time. Whereas as commissioner, every segment he was involved with, Mick Foley never had like a shit joke that didn't land. That yeah. was always yeah. the charm, it was always funny. I know in the Mick Foley DVD, um, uh, For All Mankind, they made special mention of his run here as commissioner. And I was very happy that they did, because I think it's something that's quite... a uh, Overlooked. It's easily forgotten, mm. for sure. I mean, had you heard of this, Billy, before we got to it on the timeline? I'd, I'd heard of it, but for some reason I didn't think it was Attitude Era. No? I, for, for some reason, thought it was more ruthless aggression. Yeah. He did come back for authority roles again, but this is the kind of... This is the best one. This is the best one, and good lord, I mean, it's such a nice change of pace. How, many, how long it's always been heel authority figure since we started this thing. Vince was running things, or Shane and Vince running things, yeah. or Shane, Vince, and Stephanie, or Triple H. Now we've got a guy who's 100% the good guy and he's running things and it's mm. fucking awesome. It's so great. It's also good to know that during this period there's not going to be a moment where we're going to go, Mick, please, no. Yes, yes. exactly. As it makes you a bit more relaxed and you can the, just embrace, embrace, the, embrace the love. The closest we get is when Mick Foley might drink a soda too quickly <laughs> <laughs> or might make too big a double entendre and we might be like, ah, Mick, no. But yeah, it's, it's just awesome to see and it just... Freshens up the writing quite a bit. You've got a good guy running things. It's Mick Foley. How does that change things? It changes it loads, and we'll see that out here tonight. Another thing which has happened, and we don't see it on the pay-per-view, but it's quite a significant storyline, I think, and one that started around this time. Uh, right to censor. Oh, yeah. Stevie Richards. Mm. Oh, my goodness. He started as appearing in the crowd with a with a placard sign saying, ban this sick filth or some, <laughs> some, some Daily Mail type thing. And then uh, before you knew it, but he starts appearing... You know, Godfather's hoes, putting them in bags and things like that. <laughs> with, like, giant censor signs on them. And so he's physically censoring yes, live yeah, entertainment. Literally censoring, and he's yeah. running out, and people are like, geez, last time we saw Stevie Richards, he was hanging and banging with, with Blue Meanie. Yeah. Like, what's going on? And, yeah, more of this one falls as the summer goes along. But as we mentioned, the old dialing back of the Attitude Era is coming. And probably it's not being a sexy man anymore. The Godfather's days are numbered. Yeah, And definitely. the raunchiness is kind of numbered as well. And we get a lot of this is because of the right to censor. But more on that later. I just wanted to mention that now because that's an angle I'm a huge fan of. Kicking things off in our loaded car tonight on Fully Loaded, I will yeah. say. We're sold out in Dallas, Texas. Hot crowd. And starting off with a six-man tag, which is something we saw the seeds of planted at King of the Ring. TNA and Trish Stratus taking on the Hardy Boys and Lita. First time seeing either Lita or Trish Stratus actually wrestle in the ring. Yeah. Lita is pretty much a very accomplished wrestler at this point. You know, she can do all the flip de doos. Trish is not. Mm. So, but they play that, I think, to the strengths of this. We got a little recap showing Trish Stratus being so evil. 
It's nice that they did this after she was put through a table. Like. Yeah, a bit late now, don't you think? It's a bit late now. Like. And it shows as well that you get put through a table, if anything, it encouraged her to be more evil. Yeah, she got worse as a result of it. Bubba Ray Dudley's probably backstage kicking a bit or something like that. <laughs> Demon's like, my brother, it is okay, like, you know? I love the music in this package. It reminded me something of, like, um, a, a Spyro video game. It's like Stuart Copeland just banging away on some things. <laughs> what a witch Trish Stratus is. Michael Cole has it in for old Trish. Like. Really? He does. Because a witch non-stop. Well, no wonder he's not on commentary anymore. Lita and Trish, their feud is just awesome. And as I said, you know, yeah, Lita, accomplished wrestler. Trish, very much, was a valet who happened to take bumps now and then to everyone's surprise. But she had started getting involved more and more. And you'd think if it's like, you know, someone like Trish involved with someone like Lita. If you imagine before like PMS and stuff like that, right. when they were like non-wrestlers involved in, in feuds, they didn't really do much. Uh, Lita got put through a table off the top of a ladder by Trish Stratus. Jesus. These women were taking turns beating the fucking bejesus out of each other with leather straps, choking each other out, just absolutely clattering the fuck out of each other. And it's funny, Lita and Trish are the showcase here. Hardy's and TNA, I'm very much saying they're the garnish. Yeah, that's they very kinda... much take a back seat in this one. And that's awesome. Like. That's what I was going to say. Is normally you imagine a six-man intergender match like this. Normally you have the two teams have their own feud and the women have like you know a little side bit or whatever. This just They bring them along for the sake of it. But this is completely about Lita and Trish, isn't yeah. it? And, and it's the awesome. The guys here to yeah. back it up, basically. It's really good. Well, I mean, the pop when Trish Stratus comes out, it certainly ain't for, for Test and Albert. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, they are essentially the same boring goons they've always been. But people, because Trish keeps like doing stuff to Lita and Trish is like not a proper wrestler, people want to see Lita kill Trish Stratus, yeah. for yeah. lack of a better term. Big versus little action this one. Hardys are quick and fast. Test and Albert are big bruisers and they've got a lot of time in this one and they really use it to their advantage. It's awesome action. We got an amazing spinny sidewalk slam by Test early on, which is just like me kind of going, all right. This is going to be fun because not only are the Hardys quick, but they're going to sell like champs for Test and Albert. For once, it looks like TNA actually have some sort of purpose in a match. They actually are doing something. Yeah. They yeah. have a gimmick in this match. And I like it as well. Is that you have these two big heavies, these bouncers who are trying to stop Lita getting to Trish. Yes. And they work really effectively now. I've never seen them this interesting. It's funny. Test, even when he was marrying Stephanie... Yeah. He's actually more interesting yeah. here, I think. Just protecting Trish. And fucking hell, there's these guys, Test and Albert, much better wrestlers than I would have given them credit for yeah. originally. Mm. They kick some serious ass in this one. Jeff Hardy, you notice as well, compared this to this time last year where he was kind of in the new brood, so over with the crowd. He's dyeing his hair now every week. He's got a real personality. When he does moves, he's taunting and dancing. I just going to say really weird, but it's nice to see his confidence up. Yeah, he's <laughs> you know? getting there. I want to ruffle Jeff Hardy's hair here. like you know, Aww. His confidence is, is up. It's lovely to see. Sick big boot by Test. Oh my good God in heaven. Uh, then Trish gets tagged in as Matt has been worked over. And she goes to like beat up Matt Hardy. And he just kind of side rolls. And then like he tries to pin Trish, which is quite <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but then Leah gets tagged in and Trish runs away immediately. And the crowd are just like... Ah, yeah, the heat is the unreal. The heat is insane. Like, the thing Trish Stratus, when we saw her like in the first few months, like WrestleMania and stuff, so bland, yeah. so very much just eye candy. And to think she's gotten so over with the crowd now, it's and not able to wrestle, and she's still quite over. That's yeah. pretty awesome. 
triple suplex to Test and Trish. So we have all three members of Team Extreme doing that. I very much enjoyed that. Yeah, that was awesome. That so was like cool. a Chikara kind of yeah. Yeah. moment. You don't see that every day. Uh, all three members of Teemo Extremo remove their shirts at the same time, <laughs> leading to many women in the crowd going, ah, and a few guys going, <laughs> which leads to a kind of a nice, ah, kind of middle ground yeah. yelp from everyone. But they're very over. And nice as well. Nowhere, tag belts, not even remotely close to this thing. No, no. This ha- is just a, a match to build yeah, storyline and character. Like, what? Billy? It's building character. You're not allowed to do that in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very impressed by TNA thread this one. A sit-bound powerbomb by Test. Goes for the diving elbow, which is a thing of beauty, but he misses. Jeff Hardy gets the swanton, where then Matt gets worked over by Albert, to which Jim Ross goes, Albert handling Matt Hardy like a small child. Now, I was confused by that. Is Albert handling like Matt, like Matt is a small child? Like protecting him. Or is Albert handling him in the style of a small as child. child as in he's like clawing at his well, he legs does, he does look like a massive baby doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> Lita now just steals the show here she hits a tornado DDT to test and oh. then immediately dies outside to Albert one thing someone doing a high spot and kind of going wow and people would make out that Lita would just do like oh she does a hurricane run or whatever yeah. tornado DDT then she does that dive immediately after and she's straight up after this and she goes up and Lita's got a fucking black eye yeah. and she's yeah. covered in bruises from that very real table bump that she took she is actually quite hurt and then she hits the Lita Kanrana, which was fucking amazing. Nearly gets the three count as well. And like Jim Ross is like, is, is she going to pin test? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Trish does a move. Yeah. A bulldog. A yeah. bulldog. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Trish and Lita start going at it now, which is kind of what it's been building to. We start off with We Want Puppies chance, but then it turns into a Lita chance. So Thank it's kind Christ. of like kind of attitude error, like reconciling it with itself. That's almost. poetic almost of where we're going now. <laughs> Definitely. Albert and Hardys are busy on the outside. Lita, even though she's beaten then, gets the moonsault and pins Trish Stratus. Hardys and Lita win in a fucking awesome opening contest. Really, really love this one. But immediately afterwards, TNA attack post-bell. And we get, like, it's like, if someone goes to you, and then afterwards, Trish is going to whip Lita with a, with a leather strap. It's kind of, it's sounding quite clips for sale there. Yeah, then. a little bit. But it kind of goes to the part of clips for sale where you don't want to go to because yeah. Lita screams too real. It's just it's, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's... Genuine like, not, pain. Yeah, genuine pain, and it's just, it's it's too much. And it's great to hear 20,000 people simultaneously go, ha, 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 oh, Jesus, is yeah. she okay? I, she gets leathered. It's brutal. And it's, Lita, it's, just, it's weird to see Lita, who's such a strong character, and she's like screaming in pain. It's mm. fucking it, it, It's strange. It's two pay-per-views in a row where, where an Attitude Era audience have gone, oh, come on now. All right, <laughs> That's a little, all right now, here. This, this was not on the same level as a sanitary towel covered no, in it's, blood it's, and poo, though, Billy. It, it, it's not, but it's still at the same time. It's jokey public going, I like a good whipping as much as the next man, but this is a little bit out of, outside the pale. <laughs> really, I must say that. <laughs> but yeah, I, usually I don't like when kind of when he, someone wins a match and immediately whoever lost gets their heat back, I think it's usually lazy. But it is kind of flowing in to the rest of the card. Trish is yeah. out later on. This was fucking incredible. 
Brilliant yeah, match. Really, what really an opener. That's how you start a pay-per-view right there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did you guys think that TNA would ever be like... <laughs> no, I never <laughs> no, thought I'd enjoy a I, TNA match this much. I uh, As soon as I saw it was going to be the Hardys versus TNA, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, this is going to be a bit of a drag. But then, like. but then seeing Albert and Test heal up by being so willing to attack Lita... Yeah, it, it was... It, it made you sort of take them more seriously. And it also... Added to the match because you wanted the wanted to see them get the shit knocked out of them. That's true. It was like the first time you really because it was intergender. This it was the first one of the only times WWE have actually managed to nail the intergender thing without making it really weird. Yeah. Because Lita just kicks ass in this, and again I kind of got elements of Chikara just in my head in this way. It's just like the 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 women fought the men and the men fought the women, and it seemed like there's nothing wrong with there that. was equal footing. It yeah. wasn't like a weird perverse thing, but yeah, awesome, awesome match. Crowd massively into it. Backstage, it's the commish. So you're asking me, was I afraid of the better nails? Do I look like a type of guy? Excuse me. It's Christian. Yeah, we have a problem. I think he has food poisoning. <laughs> You've been training belts? Food poisoning, how convenient that your brother comes down with a case of food poisoning on the same night you're gonna defend the belts. Uh, I think he's got a case of Freddy Cat-itis. Mick, we have no problem defending the tag team titles. Look at me, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. You're ready? Yeah. yeah, and I'm serious. He is violently ill right now. If you want, get a doctor, get an EMT. Come and, he needs the help anyway. Okay. All right? I'll send for one right away. Thanks a lot. Foley and Edge and Christian, like, from day one when he signed up, these two just, like, became, like, dorks in his <laughs> side. It's, I won't say thorn in his side. They're not. They're dorks in his side. Like, they were, like, what, it's special privilege and get their own locker room? Because yeah. The Rock has a locker room. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he gives them, like, lazy boys. And they're sitting there and they're like, hey, this is pretty cool. You'll be really cool, though, if Commissioner Mick got us some sodas. And they're like, yeah, sodas rule. High five. <laughs> and then Mick comes in. He's like, yeah, we're a little uh, parched here, Mick. I thought you liked your tag chat. And he gets him some sodas. He's like, here you go, guys. By the way, you are facing Undertaker and Kane later on. <laughs> all, all the best to like, you know. Just, he would fuck with them in the best way, yeah. you know. And you don't want to see the face commissioner be like, and you're going to be facing him tonight. He's yeah. all, you'd just be like, actually, you're facing Undertaker and Kane. And like, Haha. everything's a rib, basically. Yeah. Like, here is, it's Mick Foley for real, basically, yeah. you know. Face Undertaker the Kane, here is a frosty beverage. But yeah, uh, Christian is apparently poisoned. And has got like dreadful diarrhea and dreadful getting sick. And uh, Foley thinks that he's got a case of Frady cat itis. I don't think that's a disease. It's not. I looked. I checked. <laughs> I checked. I checked WebMD. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like uh, Christian and Edge who are meant to be taking on the Acolytes later may not be doing so due to puke. Backstage, Undertaker arrives on his hog. Oh, there's the Undertaker. this earlier with Billy and I had to we're like 10 minutes into this fucking show and I just lost it completely lost it 
he's just he's so funny he's chasing Kurt it's, Angle it's, around it's brilliant and shit at the same time a man dressed up as like a pirate in like, on a motorbike appears and the man dressed up in like the American flag is like uh oh and starts running away like, <laughs> it's brilliant you chase him into a little canteen area oh man <laughs> it's great we'll have more on Undertaker and Kurt later but there's plenty of gold to come with this one coming up next it's your mid card match of the night as Taz takes on Al Snow who can stop the path of rage? Ugh. Taz is back. Taz yeah. is back. He's been attacking everyone. He's been attacking everyone. Got injured, came back, and was just attacking random rooms. He attacked Rikishi, Too Cool, Kane, and then, like, he was finally he's like, Will you please explain why you're doing what you're doing? And I'm not, I think I might be being overly harsh because I have high expectations or whatever. Listen to this, the promo that Taz did on Raw explaining his actions, and it was fucking shit. It was the first time they gave him the mic and like mm. said, go out there and do something. And he was shit. W-O-R-O-O-O, I just choked your ass out. The world, just another victim to the one man crime spree. I told you people from the very first day I got here, the mood was about to change. And then, when it did, you won answers. Well, I'll tell you what, until you people or this company can find a hero, a role model, a man, a real man, tough enough, bad enough, mean enough to yank the reason for my actions out of my mouth, the path of rage will continue to run rough shot through this joint. Toji's in a foul mood. Because I'm Taz. Thug life born, thug life bred. And when the time is right, I'll be thug life dead. He's like, ah, I am Taz and I'm a thug. Yeah, I'm, I'm thug life. In my L-I-F-E. Uh, until I G-I-E. Uh, so he's, he's like a cross between Gangrel and Road Dog now. It's just, it's the awkward. Yeah. <laughs> it's awkward because you can almost sense the desperation in both his and the writer's yeah. eyes. It's like, uh, gotta save him. And then, yeah, in, in just a fitting moment of like, Taz, like, oh, Taz laid out Kane with a chair. Is something cool going to happen for this? No, he's going to face Al Snow. Because yeah. uh, Al Snow... He broke away from Steve Blackman and basically he's like, oh, Taz is acting like he's miserable. I had to share an apartment with Steve Blackman for a brief period of time and was with him and head cheese. That's real misery. So we're going to fight, I guess. Fucking hell. Well, that's, that's a shame that we're going to have to close the door on head cheese, though. So. <laughs> is, it, is it really? <laughs> yeah, no, like that one classic match they had at WrestleMania, which I think the, we the little was, cheese, man. Which we said was the worst match in WrestleMania <laughs> history. So I'll just shed a tear and light a candle for uh, the passing of head cheese. There was actually that one segment we never got around to talking about, though, where um, basically, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Al's trying to reconcile with Steve. They've fallen out, and Steve's the hardcore champion at the time. Yeah. 
basically Steve's backstage and I was like, I wrote you a poem. And he's like, just stood there reading it out. And the entire time, Al is just stood there looking at this piece of paper behind him. Steve is literally like, it's like there's ninjas attacking him. He's throwing him into doors and into bins and like just kicking ass. Nunchucks are flying everywhere. There's like chops and kicks. And literally after that, he just turns around and Al's there and he's like, you weren't even listening, were you? As this like, is typical Steve. Like, looks really upset. As the cast of Sunday Night Heat lies there like, ah! It's genuinely like one of the most well choreographed sequences in really? wrestling. It's like an actual action scene. It's brilliant. Something we mentioned before in the Hardcore Special, Blackman being the, the hardcore champ now, that segment was basically there to provide that the 24-7 rule is essentially deactivated because Blackman is so lethal in hand-to-hand combat, no one's going to jump from outside of a ring-based environment. No one wants to play anymore. Brilliant. Fan- yeah, exactly. <laughs> he got new toys and it's not fun. So, yeah, Taz is like doing his shit. It's the battle of failed repackagings this yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. Really I, do, I, I do like Snow's tights. He's got an angry snowman on him. Yeah, Al looks quite miserable here. And he does yeah. like, he looks very of like... Co- of course he's going to be miserable. He's fighting Taz and he's fucking no-selling everything. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point. Taz in this match, right? He, he's on offense for a fair bit of it. But when he's getting hit, and there's one thing when he's meant to be the fiery babyface killer, but he's a dastardly heel now, a cheap shot artist. And you point this out to me, Billy. That man just will not fucking sell. Now, what I think it is, is I, to me, because this is the, the logic I thought, was that Taz, obviously, it's his big comeback match. Surely he should just steamroll Al Snow and get his victory and then hopefully, like, you know, push him a little bit. Oh, yeah, I get that. I understand that. Uh, I don't know if Taz got it in his head that it was meant to be a squash match. And but so it's when, not, though. Because like, he's clearly back it's, and forth. Yeah, it's definitely not. There's some sort of miscommunication or something, he, I think. He's too just, low on the card to... Warren and no sell. Well, the way I'm saying is this is like Steve Austin sells, The Rock sells, fucking yeah. Triple H sells, Jericho sells, Taz. I, you know, you think you're you're a badass, great. You fucking sell. When like he gets a move done to him and he just pulls a face that looks like his train's been delayed by forty minutes. Like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's just shit. shit. He, and I can't get into him because of that. He's not Kane or the Undertaker. No, we're he's literally not. monster men. Yeah. Taz is not a monster. No, man. he's not. Like, and Taz, if anything, you should be trying to get rid of any associations between you and mythical beasts, given the fact that there are several that the like, pixies, elves. You know, I mean, we don't want to. <laughs> we don't want to get into gnome talk with you, Taz. And it just, <laughs> it really, really pissed me off in this. That if you're not going to sell for fucking Al Snow like that's what chance just... of Al Snow got it just makes, it, it just makes him look shit it does yeah. and it actually really this could have been a nice little match and I think it kind of spoils it really King goes Taz will attack anyone at the drop of a hat and you're wearing a hat JR good job King great. great isn't King wearing a hat as well a king hat a crown is not yeah. a hat mate don't call it that that belittles its royalness <laughs> <laughs> Al hits a guillotine leg drop off the top rope and then a moonsault. Then he goes to get head and as he's running into it, Taz gets him a beautiful uh, capture suplex. Really beautiful. He goes for the Taz mission, but uh, Al kind of reverses, but then Taz gets back into it. It's just cool to see Al really struggle and kick the legs around and flay around trying to get out of this hold before he gets choked out. Taz wins, but I thought this was just a bit of a clunker. Mainly because it's like, well, you know, it's five minutes and if you're not going to fucking have the... If you're going to be like, not selling and just pulling your little face. I mean, what's that going to do for your push? Like, oh, can't wait to put you up against higher tier guys so you can't sell for them either. Mm. I mean, what, is he going to go and then wrestle Chris Jericho and not sell for Jericho? Is that how he thinks it works? Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how Spoiler far alert. Taz goes on, the, uh, on his way up the card. Yeah, the big push, the big summer push for Taz. Backstage, Christian totally hurls. And he's like making all this sick noise and he comes out and he's like, no man, we we gotta we gotta we gotta defend our belts. 
we're the fightingest champions of all time. The, <laughs> the fightingest. fightingest. I just love that. Like, <laughs> he's like, he, he can't, there's no salty about it. It's like, no, we have to. We're, we're champions. I, I laugh big time at this. Like, so good. Brilliant stuff. Further backstage antics, Triple H, Steph, and a big salad of flowers. Who sent the flowers? It's great because like, there had been a thing before where like... <laughs> Steph had been sent flowers by Jericho before mm. and like you know Triple H went fucking ape shit and all that stuff and Jericho has been really getting to Triple H ever since he kissed his missus at the previous pay-per-view more on that later but there was an interesting segment on Raw where there was all these flowers and Triple H comes in and he's like what are all these flowers doing here Stephanie I hate flowers and he's just picking them up <laughs> and, and fucking them against the wall and Steph he's like no no wait wait he's like no I hate flowers and he's breaking them off and Steph goes I got them for you. Oh, God. <laughs> and the Triple H is there with like a giant flower over his head going. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Since their regime has kind of fallen apart and they don't have the big support system, Triple H and Stephanie have kind of been like bickering a lot. Uh, and right. It's there's funny. Whole, there's the stuff with Jericho and then there's the stuff with Kurt. And it's great. Triple H is like, he was an interesting character beforehand, but he's been so always the position of power since like November. Yeah. yeah. Now he's the guy he forced to retire. Is the commissioner? His fucking wife is potentially be has been harassed by one guy and is potentially being eyed up by, by some other dudes. And he can't get the title back no matter what. And he's just like he's been really ah! taken down a peg and he he's keeps been, getting to yeah, it. Yeah, it's awesome to see it's that. Really, like. it's funny as well. I think like seeing yeah. Triple H in this weird disadvantaged position. Like he's arguing with Stephanie about it. Like oh, 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 who sent you these flowers? And oh, I thought you did, Hunter. No, I didn't send you any flowers. Didn't you read the card? Like. No, why would I read the card? Well, if you thought I sent them, I might have, I might have wrote something mushy on there. Just look at the card. <laughs> it's like <laughs> arguing about flowers. The card says, "Good luck in your match tonight." It's true. <laughs> I wonder who said that. Mm. <laughs> who knows? Coming up next, European title on the line as Eddie Guerrero with China Mamacita taking on Perry Saturn. Right, um, Perry coming out. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad too. I feel bad, but there's an elephant in the room, and the elephant is his eyes. He's googly eyes. <laughs> He's got elephant eyes. He's right? got elephant eyes. <laughs> He's got at the side of his head. But, but, but he is like a chameleon. His eyes, are, yeah. His eyes are moving independently of each other. Yeah. And it's like they know they're doing it because like they come out, his music hits, and there's a fucking massive close-up on him. He just kind of. Like, I mean, and if you wanted to avoid that, you do you do a shot from slightly side, to the side, yeah. just even a slight positioning to the side, and you know you'd avoid that. But they pan in on him straight ahead, so and they have all Terry you can see, peeking behind him as well. Cheekily, like, yeah, yeah. It's like look at his weird eyes, look at his boss eyes. Oh, it's weird because it's like, yeah, he's obviously got you know people get cross at it happens. It happens, you know. Also, well, I don't think his self-admitted fondness of Solvents at the time was probably helping that out much. It's Pretty just, sure I wouldn't know. I do feel bad for him, and I, I, especially as you know, as a company, you shouldn't be making. Well, the rock, the rock, like they, they always kind of were subtle about it. And the rock, like once he had like sad ones, it's like you got one eye looking here, one eye looking over there, yeah. like you know they. The floodgates are open. Like the, it, it, it just seems like it's really cheap and unnecessary when like someone as something that physically affects somebody mm. in real life. That's McMahon, like, 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 like uh, Jack Swagger's lisp. He got yeah. they, Swagger and Cody Rhodes, two guys who both had lisps, 
And it's actually like it's horrible to say, but it like it was essentially bullied out of them more or less. Yeah. Um, Swagger. Swagger just doesn't speak anymore. Well, he, he doesn't have a lisp anymore. Swagger no. like that. De- and Cody as well had a really bad lisp, and he also does not have a lisp anymore. Now it's not the right way to fucking do it, but they are pretty good at creating an environment, particularly with things like speech impediments and stuff like that. You know, Vince McMahon thinks it's funny. And you don't want to be making him laugh because he thinks something about you is funny. Because then you know he'll just take take advantage of it. Yeah, and that that is like that is not a positive work environment. Not at all. And it's sad to see it's like that here in 2000, and it's like that now in 2014. Like regardless of what Triple H is doing, the number one thing we got to have midget jokes, and we also got to make fun of anyone on the roster who may be unfortunate enough to have a speech impediment or something wrong with them like that. No, you see, as as an easily led child, obviously watching the Action Era, I did remember Perry Saturn as being this goof, and like I I remember him being this like sort of unused. And don't get me wrong, there are parts of his character that later on I thought it was put on literally goofy. But yeah, as a kid, I thought it was like. Oh yeah, it's the cross-eyed silly guy. Because I knew people who could make themselves cross-eyed, but yeah, no, yeah. he actually was and just. The, the sad part is, I missed out on like actually appreciating what a great wrestler Perry Saturn is because he's fucking awesome. Yeah, and just talking about this aside, Eddie Guerrero versus fucking Perry Saturn. Yes, please. Yes, please. Oh my goodness, Eddie Guerrero coming in here, uh, really amazing. Just trying to think of anyone else in the roster at the time who was that combination of a really well thought out character with catchphrases and personality can be a heel can be a face and matching that with in-ring skill Eddie Guerrero is just like I don't know miles ahead of anyone he's else he's got his entire brand doesn't he China wants to kill Terry from the get go quite like terrifying little Terry giant China they kind of they've worked together before they do the kind of same thing where she like runs after Terry and like Perry tries to stop her and China just knocks out Perry and keeps <laughs> going after her. China's terrifying in this yeah, yeah. A great action for these two. I mean, you know, this absolute gold, everything. Any of the radicals, any combination of them facing off, and I include Jericho as well with that. You know you're going to get great technical fast-paced action, and it's amazing. Just sad that... Sorry, while you mentioned the radicals there, this has been the second pay-per-view in a row with uh, no Dean Malenko, unfortunately. Yes, sad. Very sad. I was really just getting into him. Malenko sadly been stuck with that light heavyweight belt. Yeah, no one to defend it against. Yeah. Now, Malenko actually hasn't got much long left in his in-ring career, though. That's, that's That is... Part of that, like taking on backstage roles and things like that. But yeah, out of the four of them, he's the guy with like kind of the shortest shelf life, and also he's the guy who's the light heavyweight champion. That just kind yeah. of means, you know, he's stuck there. You like being the mayor of Swindon or something like that. So, <laughs> it's all good. Saturn outside. China's meant to interfere and give him a clothesline, but she goes way too low. So Saturn essentially gets a force push as China runs past him. He just kind of flips over. <laughs> it's fantastic. China just keeps going after Saturn over and over yeah. again. Why stop? Eddie Guerrero with a big dive to the outside pops the crowd huge. Saturn gets a tornado DDT, and then we notice that he's been busted open hard way on his like kind of pruny head, mm. yeah. which may have been from one of the many errant shots that China gave to him in this one. Great back and forth. Uh, Saturn catches uh, Hurricane Rana off the ropes and just gives a release power bomb. Fucking beautiful, insane sequence of moves. Uh, Guerrero goes for the frog splash dies out of the way and just kind of start this chain wrestling thing they know each other so fucking well it's just a a pace knowing what we know as well and not to keep going back to it but like if Saturn by his own admission is not in the right frame of mind here the fact that he I don't believe it's like remember Regal as well yeah Mm. Regal's like oh I don't even remember what I was doing what how can you possibly not be so you're so good in the ring Uh, you bet you can even operate heavy machinery (laughs) (laughs) Saturn finally nails China and she gets knocked back and just goes through the Spanish and X table it's made of cake (laughs) what happened it's made out of after (laughs) eights 
It has the perfect IKEA table break as well. Like it just yeah. kind of it's just returns. A, a to slight knock. I hope no one was going to use that later on in the the pay per view. Poor China, a conference will be shot after that. Like you know, a little tap on the table and it collapses. So it goes on a diet straight away. So, so no, China weighs is weighs the same as Mick Foley and less than The Rock, Shane McMahon, and Triple H all together from Backlash, <laughs> as we figured out. Terry comes back out and Saturn runs over to her and actually hides behind <laughs> you her. Yeah. A shield. Um, quick straw poll here, guys: uh, Is there a lower act of heel heelishness than hiding behind your woman? Don't th- maybe hiding behind a baby or something. Pushing your woman done, into someone yeah. is maybe like you know that's that's the only M- other maybe one. hiding behind an audience member <laughs> or hiding behind your mother or something <laughs> or your grandma. <laughs> that literally and figuratively. <laughs> but as Saturn like runs out of the way, gets a low blow, and then top rope elbow, Perry Saturn wins. Yeah, well, surprising. Not expecting us. Two times in a row on a pay-per-view, but Eddie's lost. Yeah. yeah. Eddie on to bigger and better things, though. Yeah. Mainly the IC belts. We'll have some very great stuff coming with him over the rest of the summer. But uh, Perry Saturn taking that European title. Yeah, I was shocked. But, I mean, it is sort of like you say. I mean, with the European title, once you lose it, it's kind of like, well, at least you can go and do something else now. You're yeah. Not, you're not stuck with the European title anymore. So, Eddie can move up now in the yeah. car. Nice to see the European title back kind of the, the workhorse kind of point here yeah it's well. actually giving a shit about who has it now because Shades of D-Lo and X-Pac really yeah, here yeah. on feeling with this as opposed to you know Bulldog and you know whoever running around with it it feels like this is a match where like lower card guys can really compete and put on good matches for absolutely awesome backstage food poisoning rules high five <laughs> Mick catches them in on their lie. Uh, Christian kind of runs back into the bathroom. He's like, oh no, I'm totally hurling, dude. Totally. I'm blowing chokes, bro. And uh, Foley looks over and it's like, he's got a big he's bucket, got a bucket of soup. Of soup. <laughs> Where did he get that? He's pouring it in. It was amazing as well. It was the... Uh Actually, uh, just going to point out here, guys. What you what you see is you see McFoley going up onto the air. Uh, he goes and look look over the top of the cubicle there, and uh, we get a first person camera shot. When you look, when they're going to come back to the wide shot again, there's no camera there. We just saw through Foley's eyes. So uh, how do he's we? A, he's a Terminator, uh, mate. Oh right, fair enough. Though, I was going to go <laughs> GoPros rule. <laughs> 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 what I liked about this though is that the uh, they, they don't make any reference to all, but the EMT who Mick brought in yeah so he, he says is my medical opinion as a medical professional that this man is sick they should never use that man again he should be fired immediately Mate, struck off I heard the splash that's all I'm saying yeah. like, you know that's it I got auditory confirmation yeah, that like, he mistook illness for a bucket of soup <laughs> right I'm just saying it is a thing I mean. If I hear that noise, you're pouring soup into a toilet. I'm not going, well, he's having a wee. You know, or he's having, if he is having a poo, he's also sick. So, I mean, you can't really. But Foley says, in his medical opinion, because now they have to face the acolytes, they're going to get their asses kicked tonight. Backstage, Undertaker's with Mickey C. Undertaker, we just heard Mick Foley's medical opinion concerning Edge and Christian. I'm interested in the Undertaker's medical opinion concerning Kurt Angle, because tonight the Olympic hero takes on the American badass. Yeah, that's real cute. You want my medical opinion, huh? I'll tell you what my medical opinion is. Kurt Angle's gonna need a doctor to surgically remove my foot from his ass. Watch out, move. What's this? What's Angle doing? I'll be a dirty son of No, Kurt, no! That's the Undertaker's. Who asks what his medical opinion is of Kurt Angle's chances? And Undertaker says he's going to have his foot stuck in Kurt Angle's ass. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's not a place for it, mate. Like really Threatening. Threatening, very much so. And he looks up on the thing and Krangle is just on his bike. Beeping <laughs> it and all that. And like, Taker comes running after him. Kurt's like, oh man, he cuts out immediately. <laughs> John's forward, he looks bright and just runs. In fact, it, it's just brilliant. Absolutely love it. Kurt is such a little pest goon here. Edge and Christian defending their tag team championships against the Acolyte Protection Agency. Oh my goodness. They come out and Christian said, yeah, that's right, I'm sick. Sick of being in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Woo! Did anyone check out Christian's totally bodacious sunglasses? Yeah, he made him look Fabulous. like a, a human fly. This is kind of a recurring thing with uh, Christian now. His sunglass, the circumference of his sunglasses just keeps increasing. Yeah. Like by the end of the actuary, he's got a Domino's family meal deal on his child. <laughs> it's fucking insane. They run down the local sports teams. Hello everyone and welcome to a new segment of the Attitude Era podcast, provided that this actually goes well and is of any benefit to anyone listening at all. So we're always constantly confused how there's US sports references in these pay-per-views and always wondering for those of us here in the UK or Ireland or where those sports aren't played, what in the blue hell these people are talking about. Usually the main offenders are Kurt Angle, Edge and Christian, so we've got a report been sent into us by James T. Fogarty, an AE podcast sports references report. Edge makes reference to the stars proving that they weren't repeat champions. He was alluding to the 98 and 99 hockey seasons when the Dallas Stars of the National Hockey League won the Stanley Cup Finals against the Buffalo Sabres. However, the following year in the 99 Stanley Cup Finals against the New Jersey Devils, the Stars would lose the series four games to two and thus not repeat as champions of the hockey world. Well, that's not so bad. I mean, they still won one star, right? I mean, that's like... Their second insult was a bit confusing, even for someone familiar with American sports. Edge apparently refers to the Dallas Cowboys as repeat offenders, which makes me think that they were possibly referring to the team having legal issues with some sort of cheating scandal. It's not the case, the team just sucked, struggling to have a 5-11 record. Pretty shit year on their heels in the 98 season, apparently they missed the playoffs. So, again, that's like, that's pretty light, considering, I mean, you know, it's a general atmosphere. People obviously know that the team's not doing well. The APA come out then, Bradshaw points out that they're in the same building where the hockey team won the championship last year, and informed then Edge and Christian, the Dallas Cowboys, have five Super Bowl championships, which is one less than Booker T has world titles, so that's obviously a number to be to be proud of. He goes on to say that Texas teams have won every major sports title there is, which is completely untrue apparently. The Texas Rangers baseball team never won the World Series. Apparently that's why Brad awkwardly stops saying every major because he realizes he's fucked up. He carries on however realizing that A, he is in Texas, B, he is a native Texan, and C, he's shouting, all very valid points obviously, a Texas crowd will support you, and they indeed do. So I gotta say big thanks there to James T. Fogarty for sending in that report. Hopefully now those sports references will make some some sense to you folks back home and you know what they're talking about. And that's gonna do it for the AE sports references for this episode. Those glasses. Everybody makes such a big deal here in Dallas about the JFK assassination. Was it a lone gunman? Or was it some sort of conspiracy? What do you think, JR? Yeah, these fans are right. You know, it so doesn't make a difference because if JFK had spent five more minutes in Dallas, he would have committed suicide anyway. Uh, that is very distasteful for these champions. 
So, for the benefit of those with flash photography... People here in Dallas, Texas always make such a big deal of the JFK assassination. nuclear. <laughs> 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 he goes, is it a conspiracy? Was it a lone gunman? And that starts an asshole chance. The concept of there being a conspiracy makes this crowd think he's an asshole. <laughs> Fucking amazing. And then he goes, well, if he spent five more minutes here in Dallas, Texas, he'd probably have committed suicide. Oh. The Nevada president is stupid as you. <laughs> I'd have prayed for a home gunman so I would die too. <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel about John F. Kennedy being assassinated. So he's like, if JFK was here for five more minutes, he would have committed suicide. And Edge goes, for the benefit of those with flash photography. I, I, I'm so. <laughs> That bit made me laugh so much. They broke I, me. I can only imagine what the pose was going to be. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Christian would have been like, ah, and you're like shooting grape juice at the back of his head. <laughs> Whoa, just, I love the fact that they just went so evil with these guys. That, yeah, that is really like nasty heel yeah. stuff right yeah. there. For Edge and Christian, they really stepped it up all of a sudden. I was going to say, they really were fucking pushing the envelope hard here tonight, yeah. weren't they? There was this... There was the really intense whipping stuff earlier on. We've got cases quite a few times later on where, like, people saying things, yeah. which is like, you can't say that. So, yeah, fully loaded. There's the amount of times Jim Ross ends up apologizing. <laughs> and seriously, JR straight away is like, sorry, sorry, didn't mean to say that, sorry, sorry, oh shit, sorry, like, but you t- know. Tell you who isn't happy, though. The Kennedy, like the Kennedy campaign? Well, yeah. <laughs> the fucking, Democratic Party? Fucking Bradshaw. Oh, oh my god. Bradshaw comes out, right, after they made the most off-colour remark ever. I mean, like, you know, serious for a second. Obviously, President of the United States being assassinated is one of the greatest tragedies in modern history. That is, like, horrible. And the, you don't make light of that for heat, surely. Yeah. Bradshaw comes out and people are like, oh, motherfucker, yeah. Now you come into the city that has five Super Bowl championships. That has won every major sporting championship there is. And you have the audacity to poke fun at us. That's fine. When your country is only known for high-octane beer and two long-haired punks like you. Ah, shut up, you homer. Let's see, champions are from Toronto, Canada. So listen, son, tonight in this building where one year ago Dallas won the Stanley Cup championship. Oh, boy. Throw that in their face, would you? Bradshaw is pumped. In this building, where Dick Murdoch, Bruiser Brody, the Freebirds, and the Von Erichs ruled. The Freebirds? What was that, about 100 years ago? Tonight, we're going to give them one more memorable evening they can tell their kids forever. The night the Acolytes made Edge and Christian their personal bitches. How dare you? You can't say that. About Dallas that is great at sports. <laughs> it's like, whoa. He, he goes on. He doesn't mention JFK no, once. No, Do you want to hear my impression of uh, Bradshaw during this bit? Go nuts. Where are my Texas, my Texas. What's <laughs> going on? He's like... For one thing, we've won every major sports event in title. In, 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 in. He just goes on. It's like, 
can you not defend John F. Kennedy? <laughs> what he actually says is, our town has won every major... And then you just hear King like, every major what, JR? Our town has won every major championship out there. And everyone goes mad. It's like, it's so fucking awkward. And if John F. Kennedy was here, he'd have stayed alive because he would have wanted to see us win the Stanley Cup last year. You know, he's just like, he grabs the wrong end of the stick. That being said, he then starts going on about the history of this building. And he's like, Bruiser Brody, the Von Erics, the Freebirds, Texas, I love it, Maggle. And that, that got me fired up. Yeah. When he mentioned Bruiser Brody, I got like goosebumps and shit. And the crowd started going, ah. Yeah. I love when they mention old-timey wrestling and the crowd is into it. Like where they kind of go. It's a small crowd. Well, like, it doesn't even have to be. I mean, it's Dallas, Texas. I mean, you know, WCCW or it's. There's a massive, rich heritage of Texas wrestling, which he nicely tapped into. And they kind of brought it nice and home then. And then it's like bell rings and Jesus Christ. This is just awesome off the bat. They kill these poor boys. They're so fucking stiff with them. Don't yeah. even wait for them to be in the ring. Bell rings with them all on the outside. And they're hitting them with stairs. And yeah. Big chops. I think the acolytes are actually genuinely pissed about the Dallas comments here. It was really, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It just... It's what you want. It's the comeuppance you want to see Edge and Christian get. Yeah. The first move in the ring that Bradshaw hits is a top rope fall away slam. <laughs> I don't even know how he managed to get a strong grapple in the corner that early on. Like, without <laughs> it being reversed. Big ass powerbomb by Brad. Ugh. He gets double teamed a little bit by Edge and Christian, but manages to overcome it and does a top rope shoulder block. Mm. Fucking nice seeing Bradshaw flying through the air yeah. like that. And then it gets built up and we get the hot tag to Farouk. Jesus Christ is all I was going to say that about that. fucking hot tag. That was, it was very short. It only lasted like sweet. 10 seconds, but fuck me, it was stiff. He got his power slam. He got his spine buster. And then as he's doing that, Christian gets the clothesline from hell. Yeah, it was amazing. That's like amazing to think that all happened. What, we're going to rate this on the scale. Like. It's like one of those, if you ever had like a hot sauce candy, where mm-hmm. it's like one of those joke ones where you're like, oh yeah, I'll take one, thanks. And you're like, oh no, and it's really hot. But it doesn't last very long because you just spit it out immediately. So that's what they're saying <laughs> right here. Dominator to Christian as well. (laughs) That's what you get for pretending to be sick and making fun of an assassination. Edge just DQs himself though. Yeah. And it's like, we've had chicken shits before and guys bending the rules and guys, but no one would ever be as blatant as to literally walk in front of the referee going, because he pushes pushes the referee first to get his attention. Yeah, so he sees him. So he sees him and does it. And they do this a lot, if I remember. On on TV, this happens all the time. And it's just intentionally, it's kind of like, I mean, it's funny because it's like someone that would go, going, oh, why do you get yourself disqualified all the time? It's like they've actually thought about that and go, hey, why don't we just get disqualified all the time? Yeah. In their own words, DQ's rule. <laughs> <laughs> and they, yeah. they love it. They're proud of themselves. And they, they got away with it. Yeah, every time. you think time. Mick would have something to say about that, which is strange. Don't worry. Mick has a long, lengthy campaign against these two. And it's great because every week it's like them coming up with something stupid to get out of something. And then Mick... And it's like it's just great because sometimes they get away with it, sometimes Mix gets away with it. Yeah. Don't worry. Come SummerSlam, Edge and Christian are pretty much like getting their their licks, like uh, not to spoil what's happening there. But I love this match. Maybe a little bit heavy on the sports and uh, assassination references at the start. We shouldn't have to be saying that in a wrestling. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, bit bit of an odd sentence coming out of me there, but. 
you know what? I'll say one thing. Ignoring the content of it, they had nuclear heat, and then Bradshaw and Farouk came out, and they got mega heat for themselves. They, you know, really got over really strong. Yeah. And then they delivered in a match, and we were left kind of kicking and screaming in the end when the heels finally won. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. What do you guys think? Perfect, man. Yeah, really, really, really enjoyed it. Literally exactly how a team like Edge and Christian should take on a team like the Acolytes. That was spot on. Oh, man, I'm loving Edge and Christian so much. Cut to WWF New York. Oh my God, look who's come back. It's Big Boss Man. Big Boss Man. Still behaving badly. He's behaving responsibly. What are you talking about? He's checking ID in the bar. That guy's clearly over 21. Well, he's checked just to make sure. Uh, Boss Man is obviously behind the Tesco Think 25 initiative. (laughs) And he's checking him out there and he's like, you you over 18? And he's like, yeah. Drinks his beer, walks off. Has it anyway. I would have checked to make sure they hadn't backwashed into it. I don't mind nah, your age, man. Like, but uh, boss man, we're talking about. I lo- as it's nice to see boss man again, I suppose. Yeah, and seeing boss man dressed up in his boss man gear in WWF New York. And it's not as awkward as making ivory last month. No, it was awesome. That, that's enough. what you want at WWF New York. You want a man dressed out of place, getting in someone's face. Yeah, being brilliant. A Stephanie and Triple H argue more backstage. It's so fun to see this. Yeah, this. bickering. Taker stalks in brackets. Lightly jogs after Kurt Angle, and it's kind of awkward. <laughs> Kurt really runs awkward. away, and then Bunchy walks past. Like, I'm gonna kick your ass in, in second. I'm gonna kick your ass, boy. Kurt gives him the slip and gets a massive wrench. Gets a comedy wrench. A big comedy, like as in this wrench. I think came free with my Kurt Angle action figure when I was a kid. Big <laughs> giant one, like yeah. And he clatters the Undertaker with this. Like it's great to see Kurt. Like he's a klutz. He's a coward. But he's got this mean streak now. Yeah. And it's great. It's the first time you're seeing this kind of mean Kurt Angle. Yeah. As in, like, he's almost... The look in his face is like, he doesn't even know, think he's capable of doing stuff like this. It's The Undertaker. What are you doing, Kurt? <laughs> An Undertaker gets hit in the knee, and he's lying there, and let's out this noise. God, it's your ass, boy! Dog, creep ass, boy! What the fuck did he say? Not a clue. Undertaker, not really known for being very articulate when he's been hit. You got it all wrong, Vince. Yeah, Undertaker here. My approximation was Dal Crepass Boy. Dal Crapass boy, that makes sense. Yeah, that works. Mm. Do you guys got anything in interpretation? Wise? I thought he said something like "dang your ass, boy." Dang your ass! Because <laughs> I would, I wouldn't put it past this new shit taker. Damn your eyes, Kurt Angle. Shit taker. <laughs> Coming up next, Intercontinental Championship on the line as Rikishi, who lost the belt a few weeks ago, is taking on Val Venus, who, in addition to still being with Trish Stratus, has now got a new haircut. Yeah, and you, you made quite a good point, Billy, that the only thing really holding Val back from this new gimmick now is just the name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Val Venus is just, you know, if I don't know what, it's the same problem with people like Dolph Ziggler. I think that name is kind of holding him back as well. You think it's like slightly goofy, therefore yeah. you can't like, you can't, you can't see take it seriously. that name on a marquee, yeah, yeah, exactly. basically, yeah. Well, I mean, he did, uh, he did go under his, his shoot name, uh, Sean, Morley. Sean Morley, which is like, very unsexy. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like an accountant, really. <laughs> and of course, there was the brief period where he went as a chief Morley. Oh, the, the Native American. <laughs> <laughs> How, ladies? <laughs> you know something, ladies? The Big Balboski is a lot like the appropriation of the Indian culture. You know. <laughs> now, who wants a pass on the peace pipe? <laughs> <laughs> Casinos. <laughs> yeah, Baldo, he's... 
again, the, the, the bow push, which we were saying, like, yeah. defying all logic and expectations, throwing Scotty too hotty off a stage. Yeah. He's a mean man, this Val Venus. Yeah, they've made him into a bit of a killer. And his yeah. new haircut makes him all look like a bouncer, like you said last week. Yeah, it's sort of, it makes sense now, doesn't it, actually, yeah. And again, he's uh, still aligned with Trish Stratus, and he's still got that awful entrance music as well. Ugh, it's like he's playing on Game Boy Advance or something. I was very psyched going into this match because it is a cage match. Yes. And I saw this, you know, this first time I watched this pay-per-view since I was a wee kid. And I remember specifically being blown away by this. So I was like, oh my God, I can't wait. Rikishi tosses Valorant like a salad in this one. Yeah. Uh, that is officially my audition to be under the main event commentary. So Kevin Dunn, if you happen to be listening, more like that. Um <laughs> Mostly salad puns, um, but I mean, no one's doing them at the moment, are they? Like, mm. if you don't do it, TNA will. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Assuming TNA is still in business when this podcast goes up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Rikishi dominating this one. He lost the IC belt to Val uh, a couple of weeks previously to this, so Val Venus is the IC champion. It's yeah, pretty. He had it for a cup of coffee, obviously, uh, yeah. when he was sexy. But you got a feeling that this is a much more lengthy reign yeah. for Val now. Cool seeing a super heavyweight in a cage. Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. yeah. You don't see that very often. It really changes the dynamic. Yeah, yeah, because Val is like little, and he's nowhere to run. And usually, in a match with someone like this, is where Val would run away, exactly, get advantage yeah. or something like that. So they really are using this cage match. This is a fucking awesome feud. You know, it's been really vicious. Val manages to counter his way out of the stink face early on, and then decapitates Rikishi with a clothesline. Rikishi can sell a clothesline like yeah. nobody. What is? This. How does he do that? I literally couldn't tell you. It's insane. Like. Physics dictates that a man of that size should not be able to... Because he gets up off the ground, yeah. But the number of times he spins... He does a complete spin in midair. And it's not even like he has that much lift underneath him to do it. It's, it's ridiculous. It's really great. Like, to some people, and just foul just clatters him with that clothesline. Yeah. And he just goes flying. Looks absolutely brilliant. Val gets caught escaping early on. But they both get crotched on the top rope. And it's good to see this kind of... This is a cage match where they're not just going for pins and having a regular match. Yeah. They are trying to escape, or at least Val is trying to escape, and Rikishi is stopping him. Val gets busted open seriously bad as well. He yeah. Gets, he, he gets fucking nailed against so, the cage. So close to his eye as well. Just yeah. Out. Oh, was that hard way or did he cut? It was hard to tell. It looked hard way. It looked hard yeah. way, yeah, because he was bleeding so much so quickly. Either way, it's, it's it, weird it's seeing a, Val Venus covered in blood like that. It's a, it would be a strange, a very strange place to cut as well. Yeah. Just, yeah. just that close to your right eye. It's too much. Sorry, I just remembered, I was thinking, I don't think I've ever seen Val Venus bleed before. And yeah. then I remembered actually in a WWE 13. Oh, no! Me and Kevin like were playing as Val Venus and he got all busted open and covered in blood during a match. Then he won, and at the end he had this celebration where he's there all covered in blood, licking his thumb, going like, "Fucking big gross smelling." Oh, gave me nightmares, man. Gave me nightmares. Val is just great to see in this capacity, and it's kind of actually. Once I got irritated, but I was like, remember when Val had that really failed push attempt with Foley late in 99? Oh, God, that was abysmal, yeah. And it just did not work. Not at all. I think a lot of it was to do with he had that character that he was stuck with, and we ended up doing Mr. Rocco and all that. It was just goofy. Imagine, though... Mick Foley, if he was still wrestling, you know, and Val had this character, yeah. the kind of intense young guy who's like gotten serious, that would have been something special. But uh, 
yeah, Val and Rikishi get themselves over really massive in this one here. But Val is busted up and awfully, as we say, curling around and retching. We get here our wretch of the night. <laughs> <laughs> one hour, seven minutes and 54 seconds. You just catch Val on the floor rolling around going... Tell you what, Rikishi tasted. I think Val apparently looks like he's cut over his... Uh... Goodbye, ladies. <laughs> oh, God. So sad. You know something, ladies? The big Valbowski is, <laughs> is a lot like a collapsed lung. You know, we have difficulty exhaling. Val fires up, gets the pace going up quick again, late in the match, just firing, hammering those punches. Incredible. Rikishi, though, just starts killing Val. Big moves, big Samoan drops. Bonsai drop as well on poor old Val, mm. who only manages to get out with a rope break. And which Jim Ross replies, Val Venus got a big break. I'm gonna be snookering you, snookering you tonight's big break. So As Rikishi is slithering outside, Trish Stratus wallops him with the cage door. Yeah. It's great. I love seeing Trish beat the fuck out of people. It's always fun. Money shot by Val Venus. Absolutely beautiful. Really, really great. What a great move. It's such a good splash, that. It's just a top rope splash, but it's. I think it's one of the best The way splashes. he can just splay himself out His so legs massively. So yeah. Makes a big noise. But Rikishi manages to kick out. And it's Trisha's thinking about interfering again. Who comes out but the battered and bruised Lita to a massive reaction. Yeah. And she beats the fuck out of Trish Stratus and returns the favor from earlier with a giant leather strap. And it's like, whoa. Again, just these two women are just beating each other up. Vicious. Yeah. And they got themselves over because of their willingness to do this. Mm. I mean, would you imagine Sable or Tori coming out? Or, you know, even Ivory. I mean, you have a, I have a difficulty imagining any of the female roster from 99. B.B. Bush. Imagine her coming out, <laughs> beating the shit out of someone like that. That, that kind of intensity. Never. Happen. No, never. No it's it, great to see it, like. It, it's so weird to see a run-in where the person getting attacked is the manager as well. Yeah. yeah it's just something true. you don't see. Yeah. That's cool, because, again, it's like just this feud is running. It's just Trish has got a stable, and it's just, it runs throughout all these different matches. And it mm. just makes for exciting TV. Race to the top of the cage now as both men stagger to their feet. Val Venus falls and bumps the ref on his way down. Rikishi is up top and you're thinking, oh, he's, and Jim Ross like, he's going to climb out. I didn't think this was possible. And all of a sudden Rikishi starts inching his way over on the top. Very amazing to see he manages to do it. He gets into the center yeah. of the cage facing the hard camera. Good shit there. Rikishi knows where his <laughs> marks are. And oh my God, in heaven. Spot I never thought I'd see. Yeah, no, I seriously. Blew my mind. Rikishi with the super fly splash. The Intercontinental Champion. Why Moses on the map. Look at the height of Rikishi. Oh, no, this was splashing like a, like a bug. Don't even think about it. Rikishi is 400 pounds. Don't do it, Rikishi. You'll regret it the rest of your life. Really cool to see, you know, a nod to another yeah. fellow Simone wrestler, Jimmy yeah. Snuggett, doing the the hand symbols. Terrifying. As, as I thought Val would burst. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, 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 I genuinely thought that Val's skeleton was going to come out of his mouth. <laughs> I was, <laughs> was going to shoot out. I, as ludicrous as that sounds, I genuinely thought that is a legitimate possibility well, of Rikishi jumping off well, the top of the When Rikishi cage. is on top, I thought he was going to be, Ella Martel, I raped her, I killed her, <laughs> and I smashed his fucking head in. Trish is just like, Woo. <laughs> 
Val is like just crushed. He looks fucking destroyed. Yeah, as is. Rikishi looks sore as well. But no one seems to be injured. Taz then interferes. Uh, Who can stop the path of rage? Uh, he hits uh, Rikishi with a camera. Who can stop the path of rage? A cord from the camera can because Taz, as he tries to walk away, just gets <laughs> caught up in it. And I'm like, uh-oh, cut away, please. They cut away the camera and they're looking at the in the ring. And then as Taz is going up the ramp, he's still caught on the <laughs> So embarrassing. Yeah, Val manages to slither over, get the cover and win and retain the IC belts. Amazing match. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Pissed that it ended with Taz, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think. You know, Taz, it was a stupid interference spot, but the crowd was hot for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. true, but I still think they could have done it better. Val could have won in another sneaky way or, you know, done something to piss around and get the victory there. I don't think Taz needed to come out. Yeah, at least I suppose Val managed to. I, what I would have sucked is if Val escaped then after that. Or yeah. yeah. At least he got the cover. But um, this was breathtaking. Yeah, One of my so favourite cage matches of all time, Definitely. I think. It's yeah, I, I, th- I think it's up there for me. It's such a surprising match as well, because if you told me... Val Venus, Rikishi. Val Venus, Rikishi in a cage, and it's going to be one of the best matches of the night. You get no. This is like a yeah. universe mode match, really. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's, it is. It's, it's so strange. You'd never think in a million years to put these two together yeah. in this way. It's great, and just showing like you know, give. There's a lot of guys like Val Venus. I was fortunate, I suppose, that he was. You know, they gave him, they gave him the ball for a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm calling very confident. There's a lot of other guys on the roster who, if given the opportunity, could have done something you know, uh, akin to this, but Val, he had an opportunity and he seized it and he looked awesome and so did Rikishi. Fucking brilliant. The two of them are laying there in a pool of blood as well and Jerry just goes, how's Trish? To which JR goes, who the hell cares? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love this. Check this one out. This is a match you've got to see. Not a known one, really. That's a real gem of the actual A real, real gem, definitely. Well, let's just take a bit of a break from that ridiculously, needlessly incredible pay-per-view fully loaded and uh, try to do a capture contest. Kevin and Adam here Yo. In, in the future. Yeah, recording this in hindsight. In hindsight. Will it be 2020? Genuinely, a little look behind the curtain here. I generally don't remember what happened at Fully Loaded. So, uh, hindsight 2020 sounds like a shitty pay per view. Hindsight 2020. That's a sponsor of a pay per view. Movie first lane is brought to you by Hindsight 2020. Hindsight 2020, baked beans. <laughs> right, okay, we've got a caption contest for you folks. The caption du jour me, Mark Calloway, old booger red himself. Uh, it's, it's that titan of industry, it's the conscience of the WWF. <laughs> When you when you put a man on a pedestal so much like the Undertaker, stuff like this is bound to happen. I love it. How did that happen? That throughout your having a storied career, that you get the moniker, the conscience of the WWE. Yeah. And in the same career, you get the moniker. Booker <laughs> <laughs> Something's going that's, around that's there. That's the same man. Both of those names represent the same person. The Undertaker, it, it, it mirrors the rise and fall of wrestling itself. How serious <laughs> you can take the man, you know. Um, but here he is backstage and fully loaded, properly miffed off at our Olympic yeah. hero, Kurt Angle, driving around on a bike. And this is one of these things, like, when you pause it here, and it's ridiculous. Undertaker on a bike, in, in opening a door from an office. He's meant to be threatening. Just he, peeking out there. He's meant to be intimidating there. here, opening a door on a bike. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. So this is one of these kind of slow burn caption contests, uh, but we did get over 300 responses for this. Hey, thank you so much. And we did read them all. Well, I read them all. I've not seen any of them yet. This so is this is uh, fresh for Adam. So starting off with my favourite one here, Professor Oak saying, Undertaker, now is not the time for that. 
now. So that's, <laughs> that's good. Now, you know, it's a hard reference there. Yeah, it's very difficult. Though. He put in a bit of work to make that joke, and we have to put in a bit of work to laugh so to at it. it. Yeah, so I appreciate that a lot. Uh, this one as well, uh, particularly brilliant. Damn it, Mark. I asked for room service, not rooms. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> I didn't know Scott Ackman listened to this show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like... There are some other ones which are so smart and way and all that, but that is my favourite one. <laughs> my hat's off to you, sir. This one was the fan's favourite by far, impressingly getting nearly a hundred likes. Oh. Come to load. Vince wasn't exactly expecting this when he heard Hurley Race backstage. <laughs> brilliant. That is brilliant that's wordplay. Brilliant. That's wordplay, and yeah. it's also alluding to an incident where a wrestler had a gun. So I like I that's like brilliant. that. That's yeah. brilliant. Very well done. And this one as well. Someone just put the naked gun theme song here. Brilliant. I love it. Patrick McIntyre here. Good afternoon. I'm going door to door. Saying these lovely handcrafted snake neckties and listen <laughs> this one I loved and it got a lot of action and I don't know why but it just made me laugh I'm here for the turbo man talk okay I mean Big this, Show is in that film I guess but... this one's good wait a minute this isn't my yard <laughs> <laughs> I've done it now. I've gone and made a big mistake. <laughs> I knew I should have taken that left turn at Albuquerque. <laughs> he got a motorcycle. <laughs> he got a motorcycle and he rode it to the arena. I turned to Brother Paul and I said, Brother Paul, I'm going to need one Harley bike. But I want you to only put enough fuel in that bike to get to Reunion Arena. So we're on our way. We get to the middle of Reunion Arena. It's 120 degrees and I got Brother Kid Rock on the radio. Next thing I know, I see myself walking to Survivor Series with my Harley on my back wearing snakeskin pants and a fancy bandana. <laughs> Tonight on Top Gear. <laughs> Yikes. Coming up on today's episode of the Hairy Bike. <laughs> Wait a minute, this isn't Narnia. Coming out of a door. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That, that, that works. Sarah, I'm just going to the kitchen. You want anything? <laughs> Someone preemptively, because it's going to happen at WrestleMania 17, but one of your favorite wrestling quotes of all time. Oh, oh. Now people told me I wasn't going to be able to get my back into the locker room. Now, I'm cool with that, but I really need to get my stuff. I ain't leaving my back outside Fort Hood. Let me hear it one time. <laughs> Have you had an accident at your workplace? <laughs> Paul, I told you to put enough gas to get me to the middle of Death Valley. Not the middle of the locker room. King, Undertaker just drove his bike into the room. Is this symbolic of the Undertaker's need to keep rolling, rolling, rolling? Fucking hell. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Biker Mice from Mars cosplay convention. <laughs> hey, I'm Undertaker, and this is what we call motorbike wake-up call. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's good, that works. Undertaker, don't follow the floor arrows in Ikea. <laughs> Alright, we might as well finish off on a high note here from Sean Somerville. My usual car parking spot, Space 22, was occupied by someone's cube, so this will have to do. Excellent. Well, there's another raucous caption what, contest. What I like about that is, you obviously uploaded the image thinking, oh, here's Undertaker coming through a doorway. Everyone will make jokes about that. But a few people did that, and it seemed that everyone else used this as an excuse just to make fun of the Undertaker in general. <laughs> Very few of those were connected to the door. <laughs> Look at him, what an idiot. <laughs> There's my caption. There we go. We didn't think when we started the Editorial Podcast that so we'd be dedicating 
whole segments to mocking the Undertaker. <laughs> I honestly, this is like what heels were doing in 2003 to, to to wake the ire of Booger Red. Yeah, and then get beat up by him. I'm I'm worried now that he's gonna come after us. Yeah, like, sleep with one eye open. Yeah, you know, sleep one eye open. You never know. He might lock in, taking care of business at any point. All back to fully loaded 2000. Back to that amazing pay per view. Uh, take it away, past boys. Backstage in this, in a moment that Taker clearly went some goat. It'd be real cool if I did this. <laughs> he wipes the 49 days since last accident sign clean, implying that there has been an accident. Lame. Why do you give a shit about how many days has been since an accident? I kind of what hoping was that at the next show that as Undertaker appeared at the pay-per-view at the welcome mat, he looks at it and looks at the camera and goes, hmm, <laughs> check not- please. <laughs> it's not for him to rub out as well because that, that, that they're not- only borrowing the, st- the stadium. Yeah. They don't work there. That's for the workmen. No, it's not Scooby-Doo and the WrestleMania mystery. This isn't WWE Town. This is an actual arena. They need that for hockey. (laughs) So JBL can have passionate promos in the future. Backstage, Triple H meets Harvey Whippleman, who's got the world's crappest looking set of flowers. Yeah, he's like, who are these flowers for? And he's like, oh, they're over here. And he goes over and he thinks it's Kriangle. Something gets beaten up. It's Chris Jericho. Opens the door and he leaves Triple H lying. It's great. He, Triple H goes into the locker room and the door starts slamming and your heroes are like, Ugh, uh, and like noises and everything. Uh, I just think I it's trips- the obvious joke. Triple H come out and like Gerald Briscoe's on the floor, you know, completely knocked I out. I love you, Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing. Instead, like just Triple H is completely knocked out and Jericho just comes out. He's like, you jackass and just walks off. And it's so cool. cool. It's great again to see like Triple H knock down a few pegs, makes him so much more interesting. Yeah. And it resets up that you can now because Triple H has got adversity. Really could probably become face in a few months. Yeah, and that's true. That's uh, pretty interesting stuff. Shane McMahon comes out next. He is Chris Benoit's in inverted commas friend. Yeah. <laughs> Shane was gone for a few weeks after King of the Rings, selling his injuries after being choke slammed straight to hell by The Undertaker through mm-hmm. an announce table. Came back and aligned himself with Chris Benoit, a man who he thought is anointed as the next number one contender for the WF Championship. Benoit has been on a tear, and I think, again, Benoit on his own against The Rock. Yeah, you'll have a good match, but this was a match, I think, to get Benoit to the level he needed to be to be a viable threat to The Rock. You needed a McMahon in there. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And it's nice to see Shane, you know, with the big show before, I didn't think that was a great pairing. Mm. Shane and Benoit, short-lived, but it's, it works quite well. It works a yeah. lot better. Benoit works better as a strong, silent type, and Shane can talk for days. Yeah. And yeah, it works good. They're not goofy, really. They're quite serious. There's a lot of intense, like, beating up spots coming into this, and Shane really kind of just outwitting The Rock, leading to Benoit, constantly putting The Rock in the Crippler crossface. And Shane's continuing his gimmick as well here, of wearing his opponent's, well, not his opponent's, but his enemy's t-shirt. I love that, yeah. He's out wearing a Just Bring It top. It's It's so brilliant. brilliant. I love that so much. Says he's here to prove that he's not that word you chant obviously not going to say it and then he goes yeah I'm here to prove I'm not a pussy and Jim Ross is like we apologize <laughs> <laughs> fucking fully apologetic 2000 calling out The Rock and The Rock comes out and he's like yeah I know that you know this is a setup when he was calling out The Rock to fight him I was expecting a little person to come out dressed as The Rock for Shane to make fun of when The Rock comes out King just goes look JR he's wearing Shane's shirt <laughs> You stupid prick. <laughs> you, you, you big heel, yeah. Uh, and it was all a distraction. Not to blindside the rock, but to blindside the wardrobe. Benoit uh, is backstage and he's like, I'm going to destroy 
your GQ locker room. And he rips all his shirts and he pours Castrol GTX on it. I was really hoping he was going to put a couple of The Rock shirts in the crossface. face. <laughs> <laughs> have a big bundle of clothes. <laughs> I thought he was going to use all the products that advertise on WWE because he put Castrol GTX on it. Then he's going to crumble a load of Twixes on it oh, as well. Oh, for God's sake, he's got the Skittles, that son of a bitch. The Rock can barely listen to his music. That JVC boombox is just... God damn it, that's the only do with diet in it son of a bitch by god he got him with the super soaker <laughs> in the eyes by god yeah we're kind of it was just an excuse for you to get the rock to have a promo and get people psyched up for the main event yeah. coming up next though it's our first of our triple main events as the undertaker the american badass takes on kurt angle the american hero we got an amazing story going into this i would like to apologize for ruining your tag team title match. The King of the Ring, Kurt Angle, hey. accepts a right to the knee of the Undertaker. And for soiling your motorbike with milk. Milk does a body good, but I don't think it applies to motorcycles, as they would say on the streets. My bad. Now, I realize you won't accept my apology, but I do believe I have something that you will accept. I want you to look at your brand new sleek scooter. I'm gonna kick your teeth so far down your throat you'll be able to chew your own ass out for pissing me off. What are you gonna do, Kurt? What is he doing? Wait, Kurt's gonna hit Triple H! Kurt Angle blocked the Undertaker! That sledgehammer was meant for Triple H! Write oh this gosh. down! Kurt Angle is on the Undertaker's most wanted list! As far as hitting you in the head with the sledgehammer, Undertaker, I am really sorry about that. Nobody wanted to see that happen, especially me. Almost as much as nobody wants to see you and me fight and fully loaded. The Undertaker coming right after Kurt Angle. The Olympian, our hero, is running from The Undertaker. You know, over the past few weeks, I've been a nervous wreck. But this morning, I had a revelation. I've been literally scared, afraid of a man who rides a bicycle. Undertaker! I am no longer scared of you. Kurt Angle! Oh what my god! What is he doing? What is he? He just poured something over the Undertaker's motorcycle! You think if Kurt Angle was scared of the Undertaker, he would have done that? Kurt Angle, you better turn around and run! Oh, oh wait a minute! Kurt Angle from behind! He's got a wrench! He's going for the knees of the Undertaker! He may be breaking the Undertaker's knees! How badly is the Undertaker hurt? The American badass against the great American hero! This Sunday at Bully Loaded! Kurt Angle, after winning King of the Ring, just happened to accidentally get on The Undertaker's bad side a few times. Helped Edge and Christian beat The Undertaker and Kane, thinking about being a good friend, accidentally pissed off The Undertaker in a big way. He went to Undertaker, I know I cost you and your brother the tag team belts, as they say on the streets, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he offers a gift of condolence to The Undertaker. He accidentally spilled milk on his bike. Yeah. And he's like, look, you're going around that big gas-guzzling Titan bike, which is the same bike the DOA used to ride around on keep <laughs> track at home. He's like, how about this sleek, new scooter? It comes out in this like beautiful it's little... Little white Vespa. It, it should have, like, I don't know, baguettes sticking out of it or yeah. something like that. It is the kookiest, most twee fucking bike in the history of, of bikes. It would only be better if it had, like, 50 mirrors coming off it. <laughs> <laughs> and Kurt's got his little, like, American flag hat and big goggles. He's like, come on, I feel like a real badass in this. <laughs> and Undertaker just picks it up and fucks it off the stage. Yeah. And this is great. Undertaker 
you know, you're getting the comedy from Kurt. Undertaker's being serious, but it's it's quite funny. I love feuds like this that start off with just a misunderstanding. Yes, like, just that escalates. Explodes. Someone pisses off the big guy or whatever, and then makes it worse over time until it just becomes this big fucking feud. We'll get this later on again in the Attitude Era. And it's, it's something so good. it's something you don't get anymore. No, not anymore. You Which don't. A shame. Like the only time I can remember it recently was that it was like a Primo Epico parked in the Great Carly's car park. How space. dare the man! I mean, oh, that, but then because they're so low on the car. Hard, even if it turns into a, a, a big feud, it's not big feud because them fucking two. See, this yeah. is great. This is guys feuding because they got a personal issue, not guys feuding because they want a belt or because they want to be number one contender or because someone stopped something for you know another match with a belt. It's just I, just, I really miss this type of storytelling. And it's one month, you know, it's building up. It's gonna be over after this, and it's awesome. And I tell you what, this is following on from uh, King of the Ring, what we mentioned on the last episode, because I think this has become even more consistent. The choice of pairing and who mm. they're putting together now is fucking phenomenal. Because, I yeah. never would have dreamt of Kurt Angle and The Undertaker. Well, Kurt was such a good choice. Kurt kind of debuted when Taker was, was gone. Yeah. And it's great because Undertaker comes back. He's essentially a new character. And seeing him and Kurt Angle, it's like, I was so intrigued by this. Because it's fresh. like, I was like, what are they going to do? And the story that they tell, you know, with Kurt Angle being terrified and then deciding, you know what, I'm going to push it a little further and pouring goo on the taker on Undertaker's bike and stuff like that. It's like, whoa, this is a really, really perfect storytelling. Yeah. And you know, Kurt won King of the Ring and you're paired with the Undertaker and that's a that's a big pat on the it's back. A very big pat on the back. You know? I mean let's see how he does here, but I mean you can only do better than the other guys were doing once they got paired up after King of the Ring. Kurt Angle comes out. He is scared of his own pyro. <laughs> it's brilliant. He comes out with the wrench as well that he beat Taker down yeah. with. I love that. Uh, we get denied the American Badass entrance music at the start because Taker just comes straight out on the bike to beat the shit out of him. Taker comes out on his motorbike to Kurt Angle's entrance. <laughs> yeah. It's the weirdest <laughs> image. Ever. It's like your copy of the game is glitched. <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's so funny because before Kurt has had a full chance to turn around properly, he's already run away into the crowd. Yeah. yeah. I felt that Undertaker, as he was coming out, looked like a pirate. Long John Calloway. Or Booger Redbeard. Booger Redbeard. <laughs> Booger Red, get away from Kurt Angle. Taker is just dominating in this one. Like, he does several times at the start where you think he can end it. And he's like, oh, no, no, we're going school respect. In the interest of deference and uh, interesting new pairings, Adam gets to take us through this American hero versus American badass Battle of the Americas match. You give me another good match to do here. Yeah. A, yeah, we're getting better at these yeah. now. You've got an immediate crowd roll straight from the start. Undertaker is just dominating straight away, tossing Kurt around, throwing him into the fans. Kurt looks like, you know, he's just going to get his immediate comeuppance like the acolytes got with uh, Edge and Christian earlier. Uh, and also, straight away, I've noticed here, Undertaker is much quicker these days. Like mm. He lost a lot of weight. He did, yeah. The slow, lumbering man we had before he went away for a while. He is so fresh and so much better than he was. He's now lighter he's and he's got injuries which he's overcome. Yeah, like, it's so. fucking badass seeing yeah. him like this. He's just absolutely killing Kurt. They go back into the ring again and uh, Taker carries on dominating him. Goes for a pin, gets one, two, Kurt kicks out. Taker turns around, looks Tim White square in the eyes and just goes, fuck you. <laughs> right in his face. And then JR just goes, ladies and gentlemen, I have to apologise. Again, like, emotions, my apologies. <laughs> Fucking hell. I do just want to point out, I thought you would uh, you'd be very interested in this, uh, Adam and Billy. There was a match on Raw before this and Undertaker wrestled the entire match with chew in his mouth. Oh. <laughs> Start to finish, he had his wedge of tobacco in there. 
That's amazing. So it's disgusting. It's impressive. And then he could have swallowed that. Oh, he can die. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gross. That's fucking foul. That, that's worse than Austin dying of burgers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Taker dying in the ring because he swallowed his chew. Austin dying of burgers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, imagine Taker there, though, with a big, wet, a big plug of tobacco in his mouth and brain water everywhere. Oh, Assumedly, the white of his eyes has turned brown. He's crying tobacco oh, juice. God. And some walks by and goes, eyes bigger than your stomach, huh, champ? <laughs> Last three episodes of this have been really fucking gross, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're listening while you're eating your dinner. Jesus. Anyway, Kurt Angle starts making a little bit of a comeback when he jumps on the back of the Undertaker and starts putting him out of the sleeper hold. Things start to even out here for a little bit. Kurt starts getting a little bit, little bit more offense. And he's uh, continuously working the Undertaker's knee that he got with the wrench earlier. I like that. Kurt Angle showing the aggression and also targeting a body part. Using cool moves. It's great because we get the, what is, you know, again, this awesome pairing, the great clash of styles. Angle wants to be all grapply and work the knee on the he ground. He's going for single legs. Exactly. Like and Undertaker doesn't. He's like, no, fuck off and just punches him square in the jaw. Like, it's a really good combination we have here. It's really interesting to see Undertaker get to do some grappling and some striking because that's kind of, I mean, he can do that. Yeah, Kurt Angle brings it out in him, yeah, which you don't really get very great. often with, say, Stone Cold Steve Austin or something like that. For the first outing for these two, they kind of hit the strengths of these guys go on to have five star classics really yeah and this is kind of for the very first match they hit a lot of the stuff that would make those matches great down the line mm. and you do really get the impression that they have been chasing each other around the arena all night because they do start getting sluggish quite early on you get one bit where they are just stood in the middle of the ring you know the typical like sort of hazy on your feet throwing big massive bombs at each other stamina meter is drained yeah staggering around Taker goes for a choke slam, but Angle manages to get a back heel takedown which is very fucking nice and continues working the knee for a sadly very long amount of time. Which yeah. is, uh, the match does slow down for quite a little while here. We get a very long rest. I mean, admittedly, to, to Angle's credit, he does keep changing up the hold that he's using. Yeah, it's good. He doesn't just sit there, you know, with one position. Which he is does... what, what's what gets people with rest holds is the fact that he just kind of... One rest hold. One rest hold. At least Angle does change it up a little yeah. bit and he keeps using different locks on the leg. Uh, but eventually, Undertaker manages to like you know work his way back up again, tossing Angle around, builds up and hits a fucking huge choke slam. Yeah. I mean, he gets Kurt like twenty feet in the. It's air great to see like you know he's taking interesting pairings. First time these guys have kind of squared off. It's just cool to see Kurt Angle get a choke slam. Yeah, you never mm. seen him take one yeah. before. It's fucking awesome. And then I believe this is the first night, the first time we've officially had this move in a, on, a the match, podcast, on the podcast. Yes, we get the last ride from Undertaker, oh! which is one of my favorite power bombs of all time. It's so I was good. so pissed when I found out that they were not doing the tombstone anymore. Mm. Uh, but last ride, I remember everyone on the playground being like, holy shit. Because the first time he did it, he did it to X-Pac. And people were like, okay, well, he can only do it to little guys. Yeah. And then he's doing it to Kurt Angle and Edging. He's doing it to, like, full-size dudes. Yeah. I love the last ride. Spoiler alert, Rikishi will take a last ride Jesus. at some point. Yeah, why, why is X-Pac always the, like, the person who has, like, the, the moves put on him first? He's the one with the really bad neck. <laughs> and, the, and the last ride is a, a match with uh, a move where you land on your goddamn neck. Yeah, yeah it's true, actually. Yeah, poor old X-Pac is just kind of, he's the go-to guy, really. Benchmark, like you said before, isn't yeah. it? But yeah, the last ride, one, two, three. Obviously, Kurt wasn't going to win this, but fucking hell, he came out of it looking really good. This was awesome match. Great. Undertaker great match. Yeah, that's when Undertaker hits all of his moves, big moves. He kind of does this thing. It's his SmackDown 2 winning animation where he kind of he throws his fingers up in the air and he goes, like, and he walks around a little bit. A big swing of the arm, like yeah. that, yeah. Come on out, ELO, and play another song. You Let's know? be <laughs> having you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so fucking English. <laughs> uh, I love this match. Great pairing. Very um, good. They mm. kind of they held back a lot. I think in terms of they didn't go 
full force. Like I say, that almost, yeah. It's but I like that. The whole, they were attacking each other throughout the night and Angle hit Undertaker with a wrench before the match. It was never going to be a straight up Undertaker yeah. versus Kurt Angle. But we might get that somewhere further down the line. So mm. something to look forward to. What do you think of that, Billy? Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Good stuff. What about you, Any fan? Yeah. Oh, that, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, like I say, I would, never would have thought of putting those two together. Didn't think that it would work. But then it's one of these things that when you see it actually happening, it's like, of course, this is genius. Absolutely uh, brilliant. Then, uh, yeah, Kurt loses, you know, but he looks like you said, looks like a champ doing it. And he looks a lot better than a lot of the other King of the Rings. He looked better than Shamrock and Billy Gunn both looked in their first post-King of the Rings. That's true enough. Because it feels like, well, you're working The Undertaker. Something's happening here, surely. Rock is backstage and he's really sad because his clothes are broken. Yeah, I thought he was yeah. going to have a little cry. That shirt costs $500, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Coming up next, it's their second of the triple main events. It's Triple H taking on Chris Jericho, last man standing. Oh my God, Jericho just kissed a married woman. What is he doing as he lost his mind? I want Jericho. I want his ass. Chris Jericho has been a thorn in Triple H's side as of late. I want Chris Jericho's ass. I want Jericho's ass. Y2J cost Triple H's number one contender status for the WWF title. Jericho! Jericho was directly responsible for Triple H getting a stink face from Rikishi. Ah, stink face! Stephanie! Triple H was humiliated as he lost to the Brooklyn Brawler because of Chris Jericho. Lion Soul! Lion Soul! Stephanie! Brawler covers! Wait a minute! It's over! Brooklyn Brawler defeats Triple H! Y2J has done it again! He's stuck into the game! I want Jericho hey. ass. Hey, look at this! Wait a minute! Look at this idiot! I want his ass. I want his ass. I want his ass. Give me Jericho's ass. Ass. Jericho's ass. Jericho's ass. The Rock's ass. The Rock. <laughs> I mean, that's too obscure. <laughs> I, I just look. This is fucking brilliant. The frustration of Triple H. Ever since Jericho has laid his lips on Stephanie, constantly making fun of her, and it's kind of like they're not in power anymore. Mm. So Stephanie can't just go send out twenty wrestlers to kill Jericho. It's like. Well, no, my husband will surely do this. Yeah. And Triple H is like, he's got no power. He's not got the belt. He's like, surely I can, you know, maintain my wife's dignity and fight for her, her goodwill and all that. And he can't do it. And it's like, 
ah, it's just fucking brilliant. Jericho's the perfect foil here. Yeah, and Triple H is completely justified in everything he does here. He just wants to, you know, sort of kind of defend his honor, and he's not really that much of a heel at the, in this point. I mean, he's kind of like, it's like he's paying for past indiscretions, really. Yeah. You know, it's like Jericho is taking it to him now, and Jericho is kind of transitioning from just being the cocky, charismatic rock star to being a guy with a lot of fire because, you know, he's interfering all the time now in Triple H's matches. Cost him the number one contenders match, caused him to get a stink face, and he also caused Triple H to lose to the Brooklyn Brawler. I find that so strange because you hear stories all the time about, <laughs> about Triple H refusing to job out to people. He always wants to go over. And he fucking jobbed out to the Brooklyn Brawler. And maybe someone complained about I mean, he... In recent years, I don't think what they're saying here could be said of it. The only time really in recent years where Triple H has won where he sh really shouldn't have was when he bet Lesnar at WrestleMania 29. Yeah. There was no justification for that Silly. really in my mind. But I suppose he's like he's beaten Brock Lesnar there kind of going, well, I did lose to the Brooklyn Brawler 14 years ago. <laughs> so, I mean, it swings and roundabouts, I suppose. But yeah, they did a cool thing as well. Um, they went back to the old well, which is DX pretending to break up. And they're all like on the outs and whatever. And Jericho basically felt that he had managed to plant seeds of doubt in DX and make them disband forever. But it was all a ruse. And we had a three-on-one assault as DX beat the bejesus out of Jericho. Including a very vicious sledgehammer attack. And Jericho, for the first time, being stretched away in WWE with a fucking crimson it, mask. It, gory. It, it doesn't even look like he has a face anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, like. Un this feud is just intense. Because, mm. I mean, what's great about it was that they've been at it since after WrestleMania. You know, we mentioned Triple H and Jericho faced off um, you know, for the belt in that really cool episode of Raw where Hebner got fired. So there's always been kind of low-lying disagreement between them, but it's just great to see it finally blow off. Yeah. Last Man Standing as well. This is just like the perfect, I think, for these two. And they start off hot and they beat the shit out of each other just from the get-go. And I like this. It's like Jericho, you know, I think we can both say, oh, you know, he's, he's really proven himself in the last few months. But I suppose it has been with guys like Benoit, mm. you know, guys who are essentially WCW dudes or whatever, or guys who are you know, familiar with his style. This is the real test now, working with Triple H in a main event level program. It's a big task for it, and I think Jericho really lives up to it here. It's finally reached that point now where I think you can finally stop saying about the Jer you know, Jericho being a WCW superstar that's come in. He actually is, at this point now, a WWF superstar definitely, through yeah. and through. He's yeah. finally earned that status. And he's earned that upper echelon now, definitely. You're in the you're in the, the, the main event slot. Yeah. Like, and and sorry, just to say as well, three of the guys in our triple main event, you've got Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, and Chris Benoit. Obviously, WWF were clearly making an attempt to really create new stars here. We go from WrestleMania 2000, where those three were in the, the undercard triple threat match and then the three that were individually main eventing exactly, against established yeah. veterans it's fantastic jeez it's almost as if they had a plan <laughs> <laughs> Triple H in control early on removes Jericho's bandage he's got the injured ribs amazing selling by Y2J here as he gets dissected he, he tries to he tries to strangle um, Jericho with his own bandaging <laughs> yeah <laughs> the absolute indignity of it all Mike Chioda and uh, Triple H square off at one point. Triple H is like big on the, you know, the Derek Flair getting heel heat with the referee. Like, yeah. I think it's quite funny. But uh, Jericho mounts a comeback but gets kneed as he hits a lion salt on Triple H in a really vicious moment and those ribs are really getting to him. The counts are starting now for Y2J and you're like, whoa, they're getting up to like seven and eight and Triple H hasn't even broke a sweat. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's like oh, is, I mean, you know, is, is Jericho being buried essentially here? But I think if you're looking at it from the sense of they're giving him a lot of stuff to overcome. 
I, I'm much more ingratiated to Jericho by seeing this kind of stuff. This yeah. is less about Triple H kicking the shit out of Jericho and more about, holy shit, look how much damage Jericho can take and he still yeah. keeps getting back up. He's got so much heart. He can take a licking and keep on ticking, as they say. Triple H hits a massive Gladgate sleeper hold and even gets in a scissors on it to like basically knock him out. And Triple H goes into the corner to get a little kiss as you know, Jericho's been slowly counted and like you know sits up on the turnbuckles with his arms crossed. And Triple H just looks like a complete stud here, essentially. Just to remind you why you hate him in the first place. Yeah. Just if you know if you start to side with him a little bit, there he yeah. is. There's that prick. Jericho gets up and like just barely gets to his feet after the sleeper. It does the socket and then he gets a pedigree. And Jim Ross goes, "Stay down, kid, for the love of God!" He just shows so much heart here. It's yeah. awesome. There's no one else really on the roster who's kind of doing that since Foley is gone. You don't have that guy who's just kind of like the that, kid that won't quit. Because you know X Pac is kind of like that, but he's a heel at the moment, so yeah. it's really great to see Jericho do this. Triple H just chills out, but YGJ manages to get to his feet after the pedigree, and J Triple H just starts showing the frustration now. That's really what he's selling, that oh, I can't do it, my finisher can't put him away. Gets the chair and leathers Jericho, and it's just like, oh my god, Jericho hasn't got a chance here. But he manages to get a low blow and stops himself being pedigreed onto a chair. And then he just, a knockout shot on Triple H, and all of a sudden the level playing field, and the crowd is absolutely nuclear big blood from triple h he's oh. a good bleeder yeah i think he may be the best bleeder ever in the history of wrestling he's up there for sure because yeah. he's like he always oh, consistently bled amazingly he can go from not to crimson mask in 10 seconds mm. and because he's got the natural lines on his forehead he's not like a dusty Rhodes or a steve carino or a new jack that has a giant fucking vagina stuck on his head <laughs> yeah you can't tell which triple h, can you? Again. triple h just I don't know. Do you, can you think of anyone better at bleeding than him? Austin, maybe? Austin's up there. Because Austin's got the bald head. It Flair, all goes over him. And... Vince. Vince. Vince, Vince, <laughs> Vince, Vince, Vince just... isn't a good bleeder. Vince just does too much. Vince is too... No, Vince has too much blood. All those steak yeah. wraps, mate. Uh, HBK's got to be up there as well. But Triple yeah. H definitely, consistently brilliant as a bleeder. And uh, yeah, all of a sudden, face buster onto the chair. And uh, Jericho reverses the pedigree on the stairs on the outside. You think that Y2J actually's got a chance of winning this and the two of them it's just a war now they're both worn out they've both taken big moves they both get monitors from the announce table and knock each other out at the same time Ooh. we get to a nine count and then all of a sudden uh, in the middle of the ring it looks like we're getting another pedigree but the walls of Jericho gets locked in and Triple H taps out like a madman yeah didn't think you'd be seeing that anytime soon that, that is a hell of a rub for Chris Jericho yeah he's really putting him over yeah, yeah. he's yeah fucking say what you will about Triple H here he is in put over mode seriously in completely. a big way in a moment where as we said in the storylines it could be like kind of you could be very shaky and be like actually I need to protect myself and he's there tapping out to his opponent that's great Stephanie also gets the walls to Jericho at one point but it's hammer time Triple H gets out the sledgehammer which is going to become a very frequent occurrence in the podcast swings and misses and hits the post instead and then the two of them go up for the final move of this match a back suplex by Triple H to Chris Jericho through the announce table. Jesus Christ. It just You can feel the strain as he just kind of barely get over. Yeah. Both men are down. Triple H gets up at the count of nine. The second the ten count goes and Jericho loses, he collapses face first in a pool of blood. That is how last man standing matches should end. Yes, yes completely. Definitely. That's a that's the only thing. Not with been. fucking duct tape. Are you kidding me? <laughs> duct tape. Are you serious? Not with duct tape or John Cena just standing up and skipping out the arena. Yeah, <laughs> that was a war. Both men 
looked like absolute beasts. Both men needed a robe, and both men got it. No one's going to come into Jericho and kind of go, oh, he got buried. Yeah, no, no way. Not, no, no, okay. Triple he H. made Triple H tap out, for fuck's sake. That was amazing. Kudos to Triple H here. He, he, yeah. he made Jericho look like a complete and utter star. Absolutely brilliant. I love this. What do you guys think? Fucking incredible. Amazing. That's one of the best last man standing matches I've ever seen. It's one of the best. It's the best match Jericho's had in the podcast so far, I think. Oh, for, for definite. This is the one where he really does feel like he's definitely He's cemented. a superstar now. Yeah, he's definitely not going anywhere else. He should he's be there. in Superstars 1 on No Mercy on the menu select is what I'm saying. <laughs> Triple H wins this absolute war. And now it's time for our main event for the WWF title. With Shane McMahon in his corner, Chris Benoit challenges to take on The Rock. Here is our recap of this feud. Oh wait! Oh, yes. Hell! Chris Benoit with a steel tear! Laying waste to the rock! That rabid Wolverine! Benoit with a crossface on the rock! And why we rebrought him out! And there's Shane McMahon! What do we have here? Our Shane McMahon and Benoit together! Chris Benoit and I are just friends. Benoit snapped here! Why, Chris, why? You see, I have only one thing on my mind right now. That's WWF gold and my actions. We'll speak louder than words. He's nasty, mean, uncaring, shameless, meticulous, dangerous. Chris Benoit is a man with mentally focus. He has no compassion. He has no feelings. He's a man on a mission. Benoit is ruthless. He's vicious. A callous human being. He calls himself the best technical wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation today. Yes! Benoit's got Hebner! Look at Benoit! This is ridiculous! What is Benoit doing? Chris Benoit, is you have no idea of the world you stepped into. That's why Chris Benoit had fully loaded. The Rock is putting his WWF title on the line, not because you've earned it, not because you deserve it, but because, quite frankly, Chris Benoit, you've made it personal. tonight he loses the belt yes because the two of these guys have been getting so intense with all the 
cheap shots and uh, attacks backstage that Foley is like, I don't want this to end on a DQ and The Rock just to leather him with a chair. And, uh, well, I don't think there's much chance of it ending in a DQ anyway. The Rock wouldn't do that, so it's probably a pointless waste of time. Even yeah. Don't even think about the stipulation. Forget all about it. The faces that both of these men pull in this package is fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm going to say it right now. The Benoit recap portion of this made me genuinely upset. Yeah. They, when they had the black and white, he's like, remorseless, killer, psychopath, cold-blooded, mm. calculating, dissecting, rabid murderer it's just like no, what? it's just it's so or you said this i think we've mentioned this before but i think we were talking about this while we were watching this earlier and it's kind of the point was is that the characteristics the character has been given to benoit at this moment in time are just a little close to home it doesn't help at all it doesn't help that those are the same characteristics the media ascribed to yeah. him after those incidents happened i think you've put it very well here that you told me when watching this benoit at this moment in time, is not that. Yeah, and while it's very easy for like people to in the media to look back and be like, Go oh, look, look, look at this, you know, he was meant to be aggressive, Excuse me, aggressive Vince, and a killer. Didn't, didn't you watch the fully loaded 2000 package? You could have stopped it. Yeah. <laughs> you could have. Everyone always speaks so highly about Benoit at this mm. time and, you know, what a good athlete and a good friend he was to people. He clearly wasn't this kind of guy no. that's being portrayed here. It's just an unfortunate, and I, you know, I stand by what I said. I can go back and watch Chris Benoit matches Watching the Raws and watching promo packages that are meant to put him over as a certain type of character yeah. is unsettling. Now, that being said, divorcing what we feel because of that, just away from what it actually is here, fucking hell, this pay-per-view has done so much for all the young guys. Yeah. This, this package really puts Benoit over so Benoit strong. Benoit just seems legitimate. And yeah. it's one thing to be a guy who's, you know, putting referees and Rikishi in a crossface or whatever, but to take that next step up and be seen like a genuine threat to The Rock, who is by far the hottest thing in wrestling at the moment. Mm. They did an amazing job. Seriously. I like to see you squeal, Rock! Squeal! Squeal, Rock! You're gonna squeal! Squeal! squeal. <laughs> The Rock's eyes when he has Benoit on the cross faces on oh the Bravo package. Oh my god! It looks like he's about to explode. I think space behind him, basically. <laughs> like, you know. They come out wearing The Rock's tattered rags, which yeah. get caught on a coffee table. Amazing. It's like Benoit kind of... It was a nice little touch, I think, to make this give this match a little salt and pepper. A bit more personal kind of element to it, yeah. Rock comes out, the intensity. It's great to see The Rock with the belt, you know, and him being on top. And it's kind of like, yes... In a perfect world where there is no politics and manipulation of power, The Rock is the best and therefore he's the champion. Yes. And no you. one is a close second, really, no, it seems. It's just The Rock. Shane distracts The Rock immediately and we get a fast start from these two. The Rock tries to go for the crossface really early on. Mm. And it's amazing to think that out of everything the crowd has seen here tonight, so many matches with big, big finishes, big moments, big spots. You know, that match we just saw there. You know, in these days, they're like, oh, you got to have a buffer match after that. Match. Yeah, a Divas match next. You know, got to have, you know, or, a, or a comedy match, you have to take them down. No, you fucking don't. Have good matches and people will cheer for them. And also, yeah, the crowd have been spoiled with. They've seen Rikishi fly off the top of a hell in a cell. They've seen, you know, Chris Jericho and Triple H covered in blood going through tables. You'd think that they would have died a death at this point, but the thing that's actually ridiculously over in this match is the crippler crossface. Yes. Like, yeah. It says how strong a move that is that the crowd all get really excited when it's about to get whipped out. I don't know there's like, the fact that the crowd's never going... In my mind, the crowd's never going to go, you know what, I've actually cheered enough tonight. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's all well and good, but I saw good things earlier on and I need a dip in quality. I've had before. my fill. Yeah. I need to be bored before where's, I can Where's my again. Divas match? Yeah, where's my, I, need to, I need to be you know, not entertained for a bit. 
Shane keeps causing distraction to the match. He's such a pest and he's a great foil for The Rock. Benoit goes for a belt shot early on after the referee is distracted, but The Rock gets a kick out. Benoit in control for most of this, and he's just great to see him work that hard style. You know, The Rock, a lot of people I think unfairly kind of think, oh, he's sports entertainment and very airy fairy and whatnot. He's taking the chops, he's taking the suplexes, he takes some serious licks in this match from mm. Benoit. They don't hold anything back, and Benoit gives him the same work race that he would have gotten with a Jericho or an Angle, which is great True. to see. Sharpshooter gets locked in to surprisingly no reaction. <laughs> yeah. Shows you how little Bret Hart's stock was at the moment in time in WCW. Rock fires back and gets a figure four leg lock in on Chris Benoit. Didn't see that coming. I like the idea that since Judgment Day, The Rock has had to like change his game plan and is adding new moves to his arsenal yeah. and stuff like that. Rock's one of the few guys who like constantly added new moves. Yeah, yeah. he'll be doing the sharpshooter himself by the end of the actual Well, you call it a sharpshooter. The Rock Shooter. The Rock will be like putting his foot near someone's shoelaces and flipping them around and then falling <laughs> face first into the mat and scrambling around like two fish. His thighs are too big to be doing the sharpshooter, Just, really. It doesn't work, mate. Like, Rock fires back. Shane McMahon, though, like a manager in 2K14, keeps going up on the apron, distracting the referee and hitting The Rock when no one is looking. Benoit maintains control. The Rock, though, gets a little bit of a hope spot when he hits an alley-oop slash train wreck on the top rope. Yeah. This may have been the worst move The Rock has done in the history of the podcast. It looked really sloppy. Picks up for a powerbomb, flips Benoit, lands right in his fucking head. Yeah. What were they thinking? No, not, yeah. It's not even a move that The Rock's like ever even attempted or gone even remotely near before. Either. It was really, really bad. Trying new things, I guess. And also, at this point in the match, we get our grunt of the night. Hey-o. We had our wretch. This is the grunt now. <laughs> Benoit lifts up the rock to do a, a belly-to-back suplex, I believe, and just goes... Yeah. The noise yeah. 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 Squeal. Benoit goes up top and hits Air Canada. The impact. Oh, God. That's such a scary move. Right on, like, the rock's pectoral muscle. Just like... So close to his fucking shoulder, he could just easily smash his own face in. Yeah. Rock hits the people's elbow, but Shane McMahon gets up on the apron. He hasn't been ejected yet and just distracts them. Gets to the two canes, but it's been too long. And Benoit is one of the few people to kick out of the uh, people's elbow, albeit in a fluky type manner. But when he kicks out, Shane McMahon with the whitest, most white male celebration in the world ever, like jumping up and down, like pointing. <laughs> I think at one point he does an imaginary hula uh, you know, <laughs> shot. Like, yeah. Benoit gets frustrated, heads out, grabs a chair, but Shane runs in behind the referee and smacks him with a chair himself. Throws it down, the rock locks in the crossface. Benoit is like squealing in the uh, crossface. The referee gets up and is like, oh, I've been hit with a chair and there's a chair near the rock. Disqualification. Definitely was the rock. It felt very cheap. Very yeah. cheap. Well, the crowd it, felt so as well. Yeah, like... Yeah. I, I, I was trying to think, not to be an armchair booker, but I was thinking of trying to think of a better way they could have done this. Mm. And the way I could thought of is that Shane deliberately attacks Benoit, but they're both in on it. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. To get the rock disqualified. Yeah, yeah. That would have been cool. That would have been a really could, annoying heel Because then you could have still had the bit which comes... Now, well, that's, yeah. that's a little bit too edge and Christian for Benoit, I think maybe. And also as well, the whole point is Foley then comes out to overturn this decision. Like the it's Big cool. Pop. Benoit does get announced as the world heavyweight champion, yeah. and he has to hold the belts, and he's walking all the way up the ramp. It's like he's getting a little far away, and there's a genuine moment of fear there. Yeah, as a kid, I remember. I think Benoit in like, uh, said said in interviews previously, he was like, I oh, remember he got backstage, he had like twenty text messages saying, like, Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and like twenty more <laughs> saying, Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
I said that this title could change on a disqualification, but I sure as hell didn't see a disqualification. No, you're right, Nick. Nobody in Dallas, Texas saw a disqualification. Commissioner Earl Hebner, I am ordering this match to continue. nice i think the point of it though was because there wasn't an actual genuine disqualification it gave a chance for mick foley to come out and just be like no that's not fair and this is i'm in charge now and it really just puts over foley's kind of role as being shit like this isn't gonna happen while i'm around no more bullshit now. not in my house i like that though (laughs) because i mean we've noticed in general there's been a slight decrease in ref bumps a major decrease in interference spots Mm. overall it's just a nice when WCW has got, you know, 500 men running in on matches, this is a nice change of pace. It's another thing that WWE did to change that style just to be more focused about who's in the ring. And, yeah, massive pop. The match gets restarted. And, uh, yeah, Benoit immediately hits triple Germans. I'm like, ah! That's it, it's over. I don't, Benoit wins. I, I thought that was going to happen. I mentioned it before, but has it ever happened where a match has been restarted a match has been restarted because of a, of a disqualification being overturned or anything like that and then the person like the heel get, wins anyway he wins I, again well I'm not sure what a heel I know there's been instances where he, like cowardly heels I'm pretty sure Santino or Heath Slater or someone has done it where it's been like I wasn't ready restart the match and they restart the match and he loses again yeah but I don't think it's ever happened where like where it's like it's been reset in a way that, oh, the face is going to win and then the heel wins anyway. Yeah. If you do know of one, send us over a little message. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm very interested very in that. Yeah, tweet Intriguing. us in at AE Podcast. Rock gets locked in the crossface for what seems like an eternity. Manages to get the ropes and out of nowhere. Rock bottom. The Rock wins. Foley looks on approvingly slash slightly creepy. He, he looks frozen in time. Like, <laughs> I've done Justice. my good deed and now to go into stasis. Poor Mick Foley. <laughs> he can observe all of life's events, but tragically, because of the nature of the order he's a part of, can't interfere in human, <laughs> human works. The Rock retains the WF Championship. Big win for The Rock. Nice feud. Obviously, Benoit was just kind of freak of the week almost in a yeah. sense for the rock yeah. they did a really good job they made it believable i like the vein switch in the end i thought this was an awesome match really great main event. really really great main event yeah and overall there you go fully loaded 2000 that was one of the best pay-per-views we've reviewed so in my opinion fucking good and you never hear it getting talked no about. never this was the last ever fully loaded Oh, yeah. There was never another one after this. Damn. So those of you with a network subscription at home, or you know, those of you who might be able to find this on DVD or whatever, I implore you, out of all the pay-per-views we've done so far, yeah. check this one out. Yeah. Solely because... You won't have seen it before. You probably won't have seen it before. You've got this ma- the triple main event. All three matches are awesome. Stellar. You know, the opening contest, stellar. Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, stellar. The only dead wood in this is Taz and Al Snow, yeah. and it's only a few minutes. Yeah. I just felt like a kid it's, in a candy store it's, in this it's, one it's certainly the best match of this year that we've seen mm. and I think it's quite possibly 
of starting the podcast, and I think I think I dare say is the best pay per view we've done. I think it's kind of like it's up there. It's up there, definitely. Sure. I think it's in the upper echelons. I mean, it's hard to fault this one. I think it made what makes it special is the fact that it's slightly less well known, and it's just nice to see across the board everything is great. And then there was no like, you know, King of the Ring. We had like. Yes, but and the but was yeah. something like a you know the evening game match. Or Royal Rumble was great, but we had you know May Young being exposed, or we had a lot of times where it's like great, but this was just great. Yeah, and I don't think Al Snow and Taz constitutes a but. Definitely couldn't drag the pay per view no. down. No way. And on that note, match of the night MVP Adam. This is genuinely a struggle. There's it's so really many hard, matches. Yeah. I mean, the, all three main events alone are worth mentioning. But I think just from point of view of sheer surprise and being like genuinely giddy with, oh my god, wrestling is so awesome. Uh, I'm going to go with Rikishi um, in the cage, mm. uh, taking on Val Venus. Yeah. That was such an unexpected match, and they really pulled out all the stops, and Val's completely revitalized himself. I, last episode I was saying to you I didn't buy this new gimmick, I missed the porn yeah. star. This, you know, changed my mind. I get it now. He's, you know, he's sharp. He's all about actually winning and being a proper wrestler now. You gotta be serious. Like, Rikishi yeah. fucking pulled it out of the bag. I mean, he he's rightfully so over. You know, he's earned that by doing the stuff that he does. Rikishi's just been, consi- since he's debuted, he's just been consistently having great matches. Yeah. No, no, kind of go, oh, that was a shit Rikishi match. You don't say that, do you? No. Really. And most importantly, they actually made it feel like a cage match. They, yeah. they actually did like Brian Owen did. They actually played up to the fact that it's a cage. They want to escape. They want great to use it. Yeah. Very well done. MVP, again, really tough, but I think I'm going to give this to Triple H just because he really, like, like you said earlier, he could be now that everything's transitioning and changing a little bit. You'd think that maybe he'd want to protect himself a little bit more and you'd understand maybe he wouldn't want to, you know, uh, put Jericho over so much. But he did a fucking phenomenal job. He clearly recognised that Jericho is going to be one of the next stars of the future and he really helped out. Yeah, and guess what? Legit. Build Jericho up and then you can have a bigger match for the title. And, you know, I mean, exactly. It's, it's in Triple H's interest for Jericho to be over it's because invest- yeah. it's someone for him to make money with. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, that's smart. So, yeah, really great job to Triple H for doing that. Billy, match of the night. Match of the night, I, very difficult again. Mm. Um, special mention to Rikishi Balvinus. I think my favourite match tonight was the main event. Mm. Really, really enjoyed the main event. Um, Were you swerved? Did you think Benoit had won the title? I, I legitimately thought. Yeah. <laughs> Boom! And Kresge I, swerves and, us again. And I, po- I popped hard when Foley came out. Yeah. You know, I, I really, really um, enjoyed the match, and uh, I actually got angry and felt jipped out. There you when, go. When. when 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 the referee said this match is over, yeah, because the Rock's been disqualified, I, I I literally said to myself, oh, for fuck's sake, I got a little bit angry. <laughs> That's what you want. Yeah, which is what suspension what, what disbelief. Right? Yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, really great match from both guys. Um, MVP. MVP again, really difficult, but again for the same reasons as Adam, and I'm gonna go for Triple H. Yeah. Definitely. That's he just—he uh, was just absolutely great tonight. Uh, for me, match of the night. Uh, first of all, honorable mentions to basically every match on the card, yeah. with the exception of of Snow and Taz. Uh, particularly the opener. Yeah. Um, I yeah. continue to be absolutely fascinated with like just how they've turned around the women's division with you know very little resources. Yeah. You know, it's actually only taken one wrestler to actually make the women feel relevant. It's and it. exciting and whatnot, and I look forward to seeing more from from all six people involved there. But my uh, match tonight has got to be the last man standing, 
Triple H and Jericho. I mean, I'd echo all the sentiments you said about Triple H, but outside of the kind of politi- political ramifications of the match, it was a bust-ass match. Sure yeah. as hell was. And last man standing matches can be a bit of a dull affair, and in the last five or six years... I don't think there's been a good one. I've, You no. know, I never thought when I was a kid seeing this match that I'd come to a point where I was groaning as someone was saying, you've got a last man standing match. Yeah, as a kid they were exciting, weren't they? And somewhere along the way, I don't know if they can reconcile PG with last man standing matches... But this was great. There was violence. There was spills. There was chills. There was a bit of humor. It was just a roller coaster ride. This is this is perfect wrestling in my mind. I loved it. MVP. I do want to say Triple H, but I think you guys have probably you know given him most of his, his just props. I'm gonna say it with The Rock because yeah. yeah, The Rock just looked like the man here, and he was great. And every segment he was in, he was over. He was the champion. He carried this pay per view, and it was um, yeah, it was awesome. I love seeing The Rock on top of the mountain The Rock never really gets his lengthy title reign that he deserves mm. so I kind of like want to cling on to those few moments where you get to see him like he's the champion going in he's the champion going out and he's like unquestionably the guy yeah made and the most of it yeah it's great it's nice to see The Rock kind of break away from the McMahon Helmsley business and like kind of make his own way now and uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Attitude Era Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. And as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Stitcher, be sure you subscribe and get all our episodes directly and go back and check out all the other episodes. And if you're on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure you leave a rating or a review. Helps us out immeasurably. Helps out the algorithm, as Mr. Cabana would say, and helps more people get eyes on the podcast. If you want to stay in touch, take part in our caption contest, see some goose and gaffs, or submit some fan art, or see what other people have done, facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Head on over, give us a like, be part of the Glad Gay community, and also as well, be sure to follow us on our main social media account, it's Twitter, at AE Podcast, live tweeting Raw, Smackdown, and the pay-per-views. Hear our thoughts on the product and be in touch with us, at AE Podcast, give us a follow. And if you want some video content, what you need to do is you've got to go to youtube.com forward slash AE Podcast. On there, you'll find some of our favourite moments from the podcast, and we've put them together with nice little video packages. Also, go and check out our Vine account, we've got some really nice little goofs and gaps, all it's- six seconds. Van, it's Van, it's <laughs> Vader Van. We're making that vine, by okay. the way. Now. Yeah, that's got to be up. Go check it out. It's linked to our Twitter. Stuff, things, stuff, and things. Everybody loves those stuff and things. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's very good. And as always, make sure Kong Spots, the one of the last few remaining print media available for the wrestling market. Callingspots.com. Go up there now. Check out the amazing zine that we are a part of. We write for it every issue. Available now for £2. There's also subscriptions available. If you like this podcast and our tone and our style, you will love Calling Spots. Great articles, great artwork, interviews, and much, much more. Check out Callingspots.com now. And if you've a few quid rattling around in your pocket and want to give back to the podcast, help us out and help get Mr. Billy Keeble over here more often. Hello. Go over to selfie.com forward slash AE Podcast and check out our audio commentaries available to download for £3 or $5. Get them as an MP3 and listen alongside your favourite wrestling movies. And if you're a hardcore member of the Glug Gay community, 
be sure to head over to squaredcircle.biz and get yourself the official Attitude Era podcast t-shirt as seen with various stars of the mid-card in the Attitude Era and a few times on WWE television. The AE podcast t-shirt is available for £16 or $20 which includes free shipping to the US and the UK. Well, that's going to do it for me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll see you next time at... What is the next pay-per-view? SummerSlam? SummerSlam, is it? Is it SummerSlam? Might be SummerSlam. Oh my god, it is! Is it SummerSlam? Oh my god, it is! We'll catch you at fucking SummerSlam 2000! Why did I chokeslam my brother? I am a monster! Oh, I can't wait! Oh my god. (laughs)